everybody, and welcome to episode one of Prequelizers. Dun, dun, dun. AKA season six of Sequelizers. But we're not calling it that. For this season, we're fixing some prequels. Mm-hmm. Some bad, bad prequels. And we're kicking off with one that I think needs fixing. But for the, the rest of the season, all 12 episodes, we're fixing some real pieces of shit. We've yep. done it before. We'll do it again. <laughs> and it is a very different approach. So I think it's something we'll talk about in a moment. In yeah. This season is going to be different in certain ways because prequels are just fundamentally different to sequels in so many ways in, in the way that they relate to the original films and how we're going to approach it and all this kind of stuff. Mm. In the same way, it's the same format. It's the same structure. It's still the three of us. Nothing's going to change there, but the mm. way we approach it and the way we're going to kind of structure around these weird terrible movies it's gonna be slightly different mm-hmm. we done changed the game exactly hey. exactly don't worry i'm still your host as always jack chambers and mm. joining me my fellow prequelizer oh new title for you yeah mr matthew stogden my name is peter wayland i'm your employer got it and also <laughs> i'm a fucking walnut for some reason <laughs> the titan prometheus gave mankind fire and i gave oh. him a damn good rogering <laughs> We need to like dip your head in vinegar for about 24 <laughs> hours before. Yeah. <laughs> or just get Mace Windu to force lightning me a little well, bit. Uh, yeah. Guy Pierce in brine. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. Oh, we, we will get to that in a moment. But before we get to that, we are, of course, joined by the very best of us, the finest prequelizer of them all. Shit. Mr. Tim Matum. Father! <laughs> 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 oh, that's the one. Wait, that, he's talking to me. <laughs> oh, oh my god, it's all coming around. You're the oldest, Matt. That that's makes sense. True. In a way, you are the father I am to Tim's us. Tim's father. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Tim and I made a face at each other. It was a knowing look. Yeah, we went to school together. But you're, all, but you're also his father. <laughs> oh dear. You're an Irishman, Tim. Oh my god. Somewhere. I knew that's why I could dance so well. (laughs) (laughs) Your unexplained lust for river dance. Finally explained. Prequelizers is going to be a different season. Uh, To reassure, if that's the right word, we are going back to being sequelizers for season seven. Yes. Yes. This is not a new thing for the rest of time. And it it will be in the same feed and everything like that. There will be no changes in in that sense. No new website, no new crazy shit. It's just the same show, same concept, just a slightly skewed prism of looking at it. Mm. Exactly. You might also notice our lovely new little logo mm. featuring a P instead of an S. Oh, shit, we're good. Oh, well, <laughs> we're not good. John Scarrett's good. John, John Scarrett is very good. That's very true. Our resident designer and all-around good dude, yep. John Scarrett. We yep. have a new Prequelizers logo that looks fantastic and sexy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can expect that in your feed for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, Everything will stay the same. Don't need to resubscribe. The Patreon's still there. The podcast feed, the RSS feed, all yep. the things, all the Spotify's and all the bullshit. Yeah. Nothing else will change. You don't need to go anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Just stay right here and enjoy <laughs> some terrible, terrible prequels. Yeah, we'll keep it with company. your boys. We'll it hold just, your hand. It just means we've got some different choices to make, and we've arguably given ourselves a much harder writing challenge. <laughs> this is. I mean, I've we've done. I don't. I, I don't know what the count is of episodes we've done thus far, um, but. How many pitches I personally have, have, you know, put my pen to, as it were. But fuck me, prequelizers is going to be a real... I mean, just, I know you don't know what's coming, listeners, but God 
damn, there are some challenges coming. Because um, with a sequel, you can kind of do all kinds of radical things. You, mm. you have a sort of start starting point to go from and launch from there into something spectacular, something different, mm. something familiar. With a prequel, yes, okay, you can start wherever you like, but this is a... We'll come back to this more later, mm. I think, as well, but the question of what is a prequel... Can it just be that it's set before the film in a different universe, supporting character, same character? What constitutes a prequel? Mm. Um, and we talked about this also with the films we were picking as well. And the majority of times, almost every single movie tends to go with, ah, uh, it's their dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's a very difficult, also because in terms of like world building and stuff, would mm. you argue that, say, Wonder Woman or Captain America, the first Avenger, is a prequel? The cinematic universe thing is... Yes. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 a it's a tricky. But obviously, that like cinematic universes are a little bit a little bit different. Mm. But um, yeah, we've we've had a bit of a challenge with this one. Um, so it's exciting. It's different. Mm. Hopefully, for you guys, you'll have something interesting to jump in with yeah. because you 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 have so little to base it on, and and it's very strange when you know. Unlike when we do a picture, like, well, we know where to start because we know who the characters are. But where's it going to end up? Whereas this isn't like. All of it might be different, but you know how it's going to yeah. end. Yeah, and it's a weird thing. And I know we talked about this and not to spoil something from Matt from later in the season. Sure. In theory, you can do fucking anything. Oh, yeah. And just be like, well, uh, this is the Prometheus episode, since this is the Prometheus episode, mm. and we'll get into talking about the film in a moment. Yes. But as long as it ends up with something that vaguely ties into Alien. Just like Prometheus yes. doesn't, yeah. because Prometheus is barely a fucking alien prequel, as we will talk about in a sec. Yeah, you could do fucking. You could set it a hundred years in the past. You could set it five hundred years in the past, you, and just time jump and do mental shit. No, oh, that's my great, 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 great grandfather, and now he's played by the same actor. Oh, what a coincidence! Yeah, that's, you could, you that's could easily just say, point. "What about like Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven?" What with Orlando Bloom? Yes, the Crusader film. Yes, what about it? The Baron of Ibelin. Xenomorph. What about it? He's, He's an engineer. Ripley's great, 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 great granddad. It's like, what the fuck are you talking exactly, about? Yeah. And we'll kind of touch upon that later yeah, in the season. We've yeah. got some, we're jumping around in genre and time as we often do. Yeah. We're not sticking to, you know, the same thing over and again. We tried to mix it up in this season as much as we do in the usual sequelizer stuff. You've got your horror stuff. You've got your sci-fi stuff. You've got your classics. You've got your weird shit. Family films. You've got your modern stuff. stuff you've got yep. your family-friendly stuff. We've got a mixture of all different kinds of things. Exciting. Yeah, it's good stuff. And we've got some selected by our lovely patrons as well. Oh, yes. We've got a patron-voted episode mm -hmm. later on this season. We've got some episodes that have been picked directly by our highest tier of patrons. Yes. Including... This very episode, our Mortal Kombat loving <laughs> <laughs> highest tier of patron, Mr. Mike Salvia. Hey, Mike. Thank you very hey, much, Mike. Mike, for your support. <laughs> and yeah, picked Prometheus because, good Lord, does this shit need it's fixing? It's such a logical choice it's, as well. It's kind of when you say bad prequel and... To a certain audience, though. Oh, you mean Prometheus? To, yeah. Mm. It's, it's kind of one of the, the first ones that comes to yeah. mind. Prometheus is just it's and I, I talked about this funnily enough you got a commentary coming up dear oh, patrons as oh well yeah, because yeah. we recorded a lovely commentary for this we suffered through this movie again <laughs> for you people <laughs> and it's very similar in some ways for me and my experience with the Dark Knight Rises in that we did a commentary for it not just that <laughs> but the fact that 
I hated it when it came out. And at the time, I had arguments with quite a few people. Like, no, I don't know. Right, it's a light down. Bane's great. And I'm like, I fucking hated it. There are so mm. many little things. It's almost good, but all these little fucking things just break the logic and break the world and completely take me out of it. And it makes me not give a shit about any of the characters. That's also Prometheus. Yeah. It's almost good. And as we talk about in the commentary, there are multiple moments where the three of us go, God, this looks great. Yeah. Mm. And it's not like the film came out last year. Oh, it's 2012? Yeah. Eight yeah. years. Eight years ago. And the film looks fucking amazing in places. Some of the Genuinely incredible stunning. shots mm. and landscapes and ships flying about and the, stuff. The production design of the rooms and the, exactly, the yeah. engineer design, I still think it's very haunting. Yeah, they've got really, really cool ideas. And then there's just so many little bits and pieces that add up to me just hating the experience of watching the two plus hours of that fucking movie. Mm. It's interesting because at the end of the day, I said in the commentary at the start of it, I think I'll probably not mind this film. And Jack was like, fuck right <laughs> off. Um, that doesn't, oh no way, that sounds exactly yeah. like me. And I, d I didn't mind it when I reviewed it. I think I gave like a, I think I gave a three out of five You at the did, time. yeah. We talked about um, that in the commentary as well. And I kind of stand by that still. I think there's a lot going. I think, yes, it's got some dumb stuff in there. Of course it does. And the alien shoe warning will come back to all this stuff. Don't worry. But I still came to the end of it and thought, yeah, there's, there's some salvageable things here. It's fine. It did yeah. what it needed to do, in my opinion. It wasn't... It, there are a lot of issues, obviously. <laughs> but ultimately, I, th I think there are certain aspects. I mean, if you put it in like into a, a, a technical um, breakdown of what a film is, mm. in terms of how it's made and what it means, etc. You've got the idea of, right, what is the script like? Because that's the key point of the story. Um, what are the performances like? Because that's what conveying the story. What is the cinematography like? I, including visual effects and all that sort of stuff. What is the music like? Because that's immersing you into the whole thing. The sound design. Soundtrack's amazing as well. It is. It's really good. Um, and then you kind of go from that. You, once you've, and then the direction, like the camera angles and what's done with it. That, all the various bits and pieces. And you finally have, in a very stripped down way, the basis of what a film is. And all of most of those things, it's hard not to follow. Like, what's the direction like? I mean, the cinematography direction is good. I mean, it's it's engaging in the way it's shot. How's the mm. cast? The cast are great and fucking amazing ensemble yeah. cast. And they, yeah. they sell the performances. As we'll get to them in a second, but, you, but there are no ones that looks like they're fucking phoning it in. Mm. And then you get to like the production design and the visual effects and the cinematography, fucking beautiful throughout. Mm. Save. Guy Pierce's walnut face. Yeah, that's a bit of a trouble one. But it's then we've only choice. recently just got like really, really good age effects. That's true. Yeah. And then you get to the script and the story. Mm. And that's the biggest fucking the, slap yeah, in the absolutely, face. Absolutely. The big wet fish slap in the face. <laughs> and it's it's even it's not even necessarily the story in terms of overarching story that is bad. It is the dialogue and it is the details the plotting and the yeah. the decisions made by the characters because they just feel it's the same problem with jurassic park where mm. uh it, it it kind of pulls any of the sequels kind of pull you out of it because you're like why the hell would you go back to the f island full of dinosaurs yeah <laughs> um and this is just full of so many supposedly smart people making very stupid decisions and it's it's fascinating to go back and watch Alien, actually, which I I watched bits and pieces of. Yeah. Mm. Um. As uh, I was the one who did the 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 script for this, mm -hmm. and throughout it, uh, Ripley is the one who is like, "No, we've got to stick to procedure. We've got yeah. to stick to the rules." Like you I can't come inside. Yeah, don't bring that on my ship. I don't want to. <laughs> in a very timely thing, I don't want to break quarantine rules <laughs> and stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And no one in this film of 
a supposedly a crew of scientists is doing that. And it's so... That's the problem as well. It's the scientist business. Yes. Multiple times in the commentary, oh, I God. just scream, lean back from the mic and go, they're fucking scientists! I'm like, well, we've got to do this because Jesus, I guess. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're a geologist. <laughs> what? I'm like, oh, we found a corpse of an alien thing. Better run away from it. Oh, here's this living alien thing. Better touch it, even though it goes <laughs> and does like snake the, face, the snake face vagina <laughs> snake. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, but 10 minutes ago, you ran away from a headless body of an alien being like, whoa, aliens, I'm freaked out, man. <laughs> and then the fucking, he's a, what, one of them's a geologist and one of them's a Botanist. Botanist. Or something a like biologist. Well, biologist. I, yeah. I was going to say, oh, oh yeah, botanist is flower, sorry. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, it, this might be a, a strange one. So we can arguably agree that Prometheus technically should be good. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Like I said, it's nearly there, but it goes yeah. so wrong in so many little ways. It's great because Tim, you can literally hear him um, as the film goes on thinking, <laughs> got, I'm going to throw this all out. And they're going, oh, you could, you could kind of save this. And it'd be interesting, <laughs> I think, what, to, what Tim actually does with it. But ultimately, it, it, yeah, the bones are there. So what I'm going to suggest is if we run through some of the cast and just say what's wrong with them. That yeah. kind of sums up the entire film. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so first of all, we have Numi Rapace as Elizabeth Shaw. I like Numi Rapace as an actor. I think yeah. she's mm-hmm. really fucking intense. Yeah. Um, the, the post cesarean scene, abortion scene, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. that. Like she is amazing and mm-hmm. believable as hell mm-hmm. when she's sweaty and bloody and just covered just in those like, to rags. Zip and something up and trying yeah. to zip something up and wincing and crawling. and Oh, God. She's like, you believe every second of that. She it's, then jumps she's amazing. from, from per, some platform, <laughs> platform. I mean, sure. <laughs> it's still a film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The drugs have kicked in by now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she does Space keep drugs. shooting up like yeah. five yes. or six different times. She, she makes sense, I think. Mostly. Yeah, more, more or less. I think, uh, like... So much of this, and we'll we'll get back to going through character oh, yeah. by character, yeah, but but so much of this is like half written characters mm. um, and mm. and inconsistent characters. Whereas she is, she more or less makes sense. We more we we get pretty much enough information to get an idea of what her motivations are mm-hmm. and what she's going through. Yeah. Um, yeah, a, think... a scientist who has religion and father issues, and wants to meet her god, whatever form what it issues? is. Father, father. <laughs> issues, <laughs> um, and all sorts of manners and pieces. But she's also at times pretty smart, times pretty fucking stupid, um, and and cannot be with child, <laughs> but then is with Squidly Diddly. Um, <laughs> It's, there's lots of there's a lot, lot going there's, on there. There's an character. irony there that the engineers are like handsome Squidward as well. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot to that character. Mm. I just think, and I think she performs well. I think that she's failed mostly by the script. And I mean, she runs to the side at least once. Yeah, when the thing she rolls to the side, she yeah. falls over running from a thing. There's a and then rolls slightly to the fantastic side. Fantastic moment in the country when the, the the ship finally falls down. And we, you know, it crushes her, but she's safe because there's a rock above her head, slightly like maybe <laughs> a, like a meter above her head. Yeah. And we went, nope, <laughs> dead, thoroughly dead. So we're okay with Elizabeth Shaw yeah. in in principle. Yeah, sure. She's also the lead character, so she probably had the most. I agree. Thought mm. behind her. Yeah. And there's a bunch of fucking scientists who are like, ah, oh, it's 
there's uh, Sean Harris he'll do it's fine yep. there's that bloke speaking of co-leads as it were and let's face it the most um, budget uh, Tom Hardy <laughs> no <laughs> no we'll get to no, him no, no, we'll get the, to the him. most praiseworthy element of the film everyone went holy shit mm. um, Michael Fassbender as mm, David yeah now I love the performance I love the Peter O'Toole impersonation through mm-hmm. the whole thing um, the trick Mr. Potter is to know that it's that kind of like yeah, it's yeah. Just the enunciation but mm. also he gets as he goes on, he gets from, from hello, I'm a robot, I'm C-3PO, all the way to smirking and making little jokes. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, he's, he's a really he literally interesting involves throughout character. the film, which yeah. is mm. a fantastic thing for a character to do. Yes. Just in general, having a, a noticeable character arc just yeah. makes him so much more interesting mm. because so many of these characters are just like, well, that's me and now I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Like, even in his death, he still twists and turns and has changes and all this kind of stuff and you and can't tell what his agenda is which is an i think one of the more interesting points of the film is yeah. almost if david is the main character and you're kind of mm. following his weird is he working for wayland has he got his own agenda like all these different twists and turns and you never know which side he's playing is he doing it for himself Ooh, i don't mm. know because he's constantly evolving and because he's a robot android dude he could be literally evolving in his program and his, all that kind of stuff is changing throughout the film and you have no idea how these things work. Mm. Yeah, the, the 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 problem that with with David is that we don't get enough information about him at the beginning. Yes. Like we don't understand him, we don't understand where he's coming from and the like Alien Covenant which I have not seen but I've kind of read about and thoroughly spoiled for myself. Um, you're not missing out on yeah. I've seen it don't like it both, Tim um, and I, both Matt and I have seen it and it is shit yes worse than Prometheus yes but it does it does provide some essential information on the character of David and makes it very clear True. that it's about that this kind of this little pair of films seems like Ridley Scott that is the story he's interested in telling yeah but the problem is is that a lot of the essential information doesn't come out until five years later in a different film (laughs) that you that you need and and there's so many there's we need that characterization at the start of that kind of interesting relationship between him and wayland and like how he considers kind of his creator and humanity as a whole to Mm. to understand a lot of his motivations even as they change and the other thing is that he seems to have access to a whole bunch of information that we have no indication like where he has got it from. Yeah. Like, has it, has Wayland told him how to operate this alien ship? How does Wayland know how mm. to do that? That's yeah. just a further question. The the moment where he they go into the tomb and he just starts like stroking the wall and mm. you're like, what the fuck is he doing? And yeah. it's like it all starts lighting up. You're like, how does he know that's there? Yeah. What the fuck is going he, on? He even yeah. says, I'm trying to open the door. Yeah. Like, it's like what? how do you know that's even controls? Yeah. Are you just touching randomly and hoping for the best? Or has mm. Wayland been like, by the way, mm. we've seen these before? And like me not be doing a mat and defending this film because I still hate it, but <laughs> my theory is that Wayland knows way more than he's letting on, which is yes. definitely true with the way he talks, mm. but like way more than he's letting on and knows a lot about the engineers. Mm and knows they exist, doesn't necessarily know they're alive, but he's very determined to, like... Mm. And he's studied their other stuff that he hasn't even told Shaw and her crew yet. Yes. And then he, I guess, he then tells David, like, if you stroke the little squiggly line and then <laughs> and then boop the thing and then squidge the egg, the thing will open and the chair will spin round and stuff. Mm. And, and it's you like, play the flute. And then you 
do the fingering <laughs> on the flute is yeah it's weird and david could be like i've said a few minutes ago like his motivations is one of the most interesting parts of this film for me but they still don't nail it yeah <laughs> and that and says everything about that film to me and, and i think the the other thing that really lets down david's character is the way everyone else reacts to him mm. because he because he's acting very oddly like and and doing these things like activating stuff on the ship and mm. like dipping his finger full of gunk in people's glasses but no one else seems to register that that is happening like no one is like how do you know how to open up this ship or like That's what really have you just point, done yeah. to my drink everyone just acts like he's like good old david he got the door open yeah well done dave yeah mm. or ba like barely even like acknowledges, don't even do that they yeah. don't even acknowledge that it's just like oh a thing happened and oh, it's like doors open. is he is he <laughs> invisible do they like, <laughs> like do they think these things are just happening by themselves because because i think you're right like there could be a very interesting film of like oh okay Whalen knows more than he's done david is his agent except then he starts undermining him mm. but but all all that really needs is like a couple of lines of dialogue where one of like where Shaw turns to David and it's like, how the hell did you know to do that? And David is like, you know, oh, uh, you know, I've I've been it's preparing for this, yeah, yeah. you know, or, or whatever. Why did you think I'm on this ship? That's yes. why I was created or something like yeah. that. Precisely. Yeah. It's interesting if you think about the other androids we've seen in across the other films. I and mean, let's just keep with the core alien films for now. So you got Ash, Bishop, and Cole. Yeah. Call, sorry, call, not call. Um, so Ash, you mean Coral from Coral. Walking Dead? <laughs> Ash is uh, an undercover synth. People don't even know is a robot because mm. they're so immersed and so ingratiated. Getting the fallout mm. phrase in there, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bishop is obviously a synth, yeah. and they're aware of it. And, and Ripley's obviously freaked out by it. Yeah. No, it's a standard protocol sort of thing to have mm. them on board. And then you have Call, who is a terrorist, basically. Yeah. Um, and those things sort of make sense and they're trying to model be human. David, again, <clears throat> almost as an early prototype and very much a Wayland construction, makes sort of sense. But as I say, there's a, a little few lines of dialogue and we'd be able to... like it, it, During the deep sleep when he's just going around with his uh, Daft Punk hat and <laughs> <coughs> he's studying language and stuff and he's imitating yeah. Peter O'Toole by yeah. blow, mm. dyeing his hair unnecessarily it makes sense that he's literally just imitating and, and striving for a, a high, not higher form. He's trying to be a real boy. Mm. He's doing the classic yeah. kind of cyborg robot. Am I real? Am I human? Kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Like, is he vain? Does he have a concept of that? I don't Who mind knows? that we need, like, we don't need answers to all of it, but I think we need enough. There's so many, what think, okay. There are too many instances of the plot thinking it's clever by retaining information, but what it's actually doing is just confusing the audience and <laughs> kind of just not showing us enough. It's it's interesting that Lindelof is a writer on this mm, yeah. because it goes back to that mystery, oh, mystery box. box motherfucker himself. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's not as bad as... Well, it's differently bad to J.J. Abrams. Well... Um, hmm, because... Hmm. But it's it's... It's a very frustrating thing because you do, yeah. There's there's so much potential here and a lot of really interesting themes and stuff, but you're not you never feel like you've got enough to get even the first bit of a grip on, mm. and stupid things just keep happening. Yeah. Um, do we want to go back to going going through? I'm the ready character? for the next one. Yeah. yeah Please do. Next one we have Charlize Theron as Meredith Vickers. I think she's a fucking robot. Yeah. <laughs> And he didn't the, answer the question. We, we, yeah. The more we watch this film, and I can't remember who brought this up at the beginning, because mm. I'd, I'd seen the film twice before, 
and I'd never really occurred to me because I'm so pissed off with everything else. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention to Charlize and thinking like, oh, she's clearly a construct as well, maybe. Like, mm. oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. The more we talked about it, as the commentary went on, I was like, she fucking is, isn't she? I, and I they're like, just not talking about it. I like that she, she doesn't, but she might not know that she is. It's a Blade Runner thing. Yes. I yes. fucking, and Blade Runner is one of my all-time mm. favourite films mm-hmm. because of the way that it explores those existential questions and then doesn't give you fucking answers. It's mm. like, hey, maybe that guy's a replicant. Maybe she's a replicant. Maybe you're a replicant. Ooh. <laughs> Who knows? Also, because they're both being quite aggressively blonde yeah. um, and they do look like they're siblings. Mm. And the, I love the idea that one's the, the one that knows he's a robot and one's the one that doesn't know. Mm. And they sort of sort of battle for their father's attention. Yeah, and because... the boy is the one who's got it. And there's a classic sort of idea of like, you know, dad wanted a boy mm. and you're like... Well, she'll be massively aggressive towards him and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And David is clearly closer to Wayland when he goes up and like he gets all the secret yeah. information from Wayland and he goes and gets his little whispers and then he kind of just smirks at Vickers like, I'm dad's favourite, fuck you. Yeah. And it's kind of implied that like, yeah, he wanted a son and so he built the perfect son for himself. Yeah. But maybe he did that for Vickers as well and we don't fucking know. Yeah. And it's like, I think it's an element which uh, it improves the film. And our watching of the film, it's not implicitly. I mean, literally, you have Idris Elba saying, "You're you're a robot," and she goes, "Ha, huh. my room, ten minutes." I'm like, I'll show you my cyborg vagina. Yeah. Wait, <laughs> what? We don't actually no. confirm no, yeah. anything. It's never referenced again. Mm. We assume. Oh, it's like, oh, are they going to have sex? Huh? It's like, I mean, maybe he might have like his her like packaging material that she came in. <laughs> her Buzz Lightyear box. Yeah. She's full of packing peanuts. And like, yeah. That's where I come out of. I was like, oh, well, back to the cockpit, I guess. Yeah. Um, Vickers is quite a straightforward character, except for the fact that, because she's obviously, she, I mean, when she's introduced, she said, basically, you all report to me. You work for me, basically. Mm. And the second we get to the uh, time capsule style Wayland uh, hologram thing, she said, mm. right, well, sure. And uh, other guy, <laughs> they're basically Budget in charge. Tom Hardy. You, you report yes. to them and you have this one shot of, of uh, Theron going, and it's so good because yeah. it's like there's just again, again elements of really it's good stuff. her being replaced <clears throat> and being yeah. like yeah I'm, I'm this is my dad's fucking company i know what i'm doing <laughs> he put me in charge because i'm his daughter why are they in charge she's undermined the every aspect about? yeah she's like this and is my said, ship which could be interesting get off <laughs> but it's not and she pulls out the flamethrower and says you are not coming back on this ship she does a ripley she does a ripley mm-hmm. and it's like yeah she's fucking right although she did open the door with the flamethrower it's like, just leave the door closed and say through the, through the speaker don't open the door and then say you can't come in yeah, yeah. <laughs> just say through a speaker or don't say anything just leave them there yeah entirely Doesn't take off like. yeah <laughs> yeah burn it- them with your fucking thrusters <laughs> um, yes, I mean what I think pretty, you mean. <laughs> pretty clean cut, I think. So we move on to the mm, next yeah, character. Yeah. Next character we have up is. It's got to be Budget Tom Hardy, right? No. What? According, this is going to the Wikipedia list. Mm. Yannick Idris Elba. Uh, the, I think it makes sense he's higher build because it's Idris yeah, Elba. Yes. The captain who isn't a captain, he's clearly just a pilot. Just a pilot. Also, maybe a military guy who has to blow up everything. Yes. A, a frustratingly underwritten role. Very. Um, and it see like seemingly like at a certain point he comes in and sounds like the voice of reason yeah that should have been there all along that these scientists should also have been yes he's the, the one, one guy that's not a scientist is like why don't we listen to rationale and logic yeah and scientists are <laughs> like, like yeah nah let's just think about god there's literally yeah. the line of um there's two two interesting things in my mind one is like okay i don't know what's in that i don't know what it is at all and 
the scientist like, it's Christmas, I want to open my presents. Like, are you an idiot? <laughs> we can wait ages to get here and thing number two is you've been cryo sleep for however many years exactly you can wait another three hours exactly and the also bit where he's got i think i want to say he's smoking a cigar i can't remember mm. but he's putting a christmas tree up and then vicar's like what the hell's that and it's like it's christmas and it's like yeah it's kind of good every now and again to remind what you're from and mm. for and i know he's got his also implying she's a robot because she's <laughs> never seen a christmas yeah, tree exactly. <laughs> All right. um and the idea of just him bringing his accordion. He's a bit, bit of old timey sort of I'm yeah. a captain he, sort he, of stuff. He feels a lot more like he came from the no, crew of the Nostromo. Oh, yes, mm. yes, yes like definitely. Yeah. In, in that, a real uh, yes, blue collar person. Blue collar type. Mm. So you're going to start singing some Hulk Hogan theme there. <laughs> he is real, a real American. American. <laughs> We're going to get copyright strikes. <laughs> <laughs> um, performance is fine but then he does shift very significantly from i'm just a guy flying a ship i don't know to yeah, i'm just I'm here a, for the paycheck yeah to, i must save humanity yeah i gotta make the ship a bullet mm. hands up we're turning into a bullet yeah. like, hands up everyone it's a roller coaster ride <laughs> hey, oh. so, and he says that like it's the regulation like, yeah and they like, were we're about to accelerate better put your hands up and like what? I think the subtitle Are was you hands joking off, which is even worse. Yeah. Hands off! It's like, so you don't change your mind at last minute and turn? Yeah, I think that's what it's meant to imply. It's like... And suddenly you don't go, whoa, and swear. Yeah. You're the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, sorry, captain. Yeah, um, <laughs> Bendik Wong, correct him. Yes. Uh, next character along, if you're happy to go with the next mm -hmm. one. Bendik Wong? This will be a big one. Uh, Guy Pierce Peter Wayland. Uh, <laughs> old what Walnut face himself. What the fuck does Wayland want? <laughs> I mean, he wants, he wants not to, to not die? die yes he wants immortality I want to meet my maker because he because <laughs> he thinks the engineers are gods and they'll him. grant him immortality i guess mm. even though he clearly knows a lot about them if he if if, if my theory if. is correct and he has mm. given david the information and programmed him to do the yeah. thing if he's not then what the fuck does he want? What does he know? I Why mean, is he there? I, what the fuck? I, mm. I agree. It makes the film make a lot more sense if he has more information. But I also kind of prefer a version where he's just a dotty old extremely rich <laughs> man who's just like, who, who is doing that kind of like what? Elon Musk, yes, Jeff Musk, Bezos yeah. thing of like, I've got all this money. I guess I'll go into space. It's like, do you not want to like actually help people? No, I want to go to space. I want to meet God. Or I want to tell him that I don't want to die because I've got all this money. And, uh, I want and to therefore do I deserve it. <laughs> oh, it's oh, like Tim's God. coked up producer from the previous <laughs> season. <laughs> It's it's a really valid point. I think he he very much is that that reflection and in 2012's idea of of, of the rising, uh, what appears to be an entrepreneurial, uh, no, no, a philanthropic billionaire, mm. um, not an Iron Man or a, or a Batman who just like listen here, you, I, I I kind of want to just keep on going and uh, and maybe put my seed in more things, robots <laughs> or otherwise. <laughs> listen here, robots you, or otherwise, <laughs> you can bloody do it. It's like they literally walk him through to the alien yeah. ship. He does. I mean, his physical performance is pretty good. It's a shame that the old age makeup is so weird. Yeah. Because Guy Pearce's physical performance is pretty good. I don't understand, though, why they didn't just get an older actor. We were saying about this. We were saying uh, I would we have listed a few mm. names, but I would have loved Christopher Plummer in that role. I think mm. it's so fucking good. And it's not like like even if you want guy pierce there as the younger wayland to do all your viral marketing stuff that they put out ahead oh, of time yeah, yeah. like 
people accept that if you have an older character, mm. it's going to be like we see we see him old at the beginning of the film. So it's not like you would then. It's not like we've seen young guy yeah, Pierce, and then, yeah. and then there would be a wait. Who's this old guy? Oh, it's meant to be the older version of him. Like you see the older version. So if you just had Christopher Plummer, for yeah, example, yeah. at the start of the film, and it's then later in the film, it's fine. Yeah. Like it's it's a nonsensical kind of yeah. decision. I, I I agree entirely. It's such a it's a weird move. I, again, it's classically just I want to work with this person or this person I think might mm. be good for the role. It's like yeah, I guess, but. Just get an old man. And yeah. then again, unless you're literally using saying, and this is the thing that Alien Covenant does as well, it really fucks me off, is the whole, we're filming a whole thing that's not ready for the film. Now, that can be done quite well. And I do think that the, the Marvel one shots are quite mm. an interesting example of that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, the most notable being um, uh, Hail to the King or Hail the King, mm. I think it is. Uh, the the bit with um, Mandarin in prison. Yeah. Um, the sort of faux Mandarin. Mm. Um, Tony Slattery, I want to say all that. Yes. Yeah. And... Um, effectively it's it's an interesting extra bit because it's not integral to the story it's just mm. interesting um whereas with this it's kind of vital you know he wants to get in space and live forever and he expects everything he will go to any limits to get the his, his ultimate goal which actually explains a bit what he's doing yeah and yeah i think as you say guy pierce's performance is fine and the physical performance is fine. Mm. It's just let down a bit by the physicality. But then when you start analysing why does David start doing certain things? Why is Wayland doing certain things? What is Wayland? What's he think he's going to get out of this? It's it's all a bit half-cooked. Yeah, and I think, the like, as much as we said, Elizabeth Shaw is a fine enough character, I think the film would dramatically improve by taking her out of it and just focusing it on mm. Wayland, David, Vickers. Like that's that, the, that, the Trinity there. Yeah, that makes a much more interesting. Yeah, it does. Um, the next one on the list. Oh, here we go, gentlemen. <laughs> Charlie Holloway, Logan Marshall Green. Let's say this right from right, right, right from the get go. Upgrade is a fucking fantastic film. Yes. This guy is very talented. Better mm. than it's the venom we deserved. Correct. <laughs> Not the venom. Although we no one, no one eats a raw lobster while sitting in a lobster tank. <laughs> <laughs> mm, Which true. should be in all films. Yes. That's my that's my version of Matt's Mex. Oh, <laughs> tricky. Sponsored yeah. by Matt's Max. Do you like Splash with Daryl Hannah? <laughs> um, yes. So Charlie is actually really one of the most frustrating characters for me because mm. he starts out the same as Shaw, a developed scientist, and then mm. takes a very quick backseat. And then all of his motivation becomes incredibly fucking childish. Yeah. Mm. He just starts drinking for no reason. Yeah. And gets real fucking drunk real quick mm-hmm. for Dr- no reason. Drunk enough that he doesn't notice an android mm-hmm. bloop, dropping <laughs> like an entire digit into his drink. And I remembered it being more subtle than it was. Oh, I yeah. know, yeah. And I remember, Tim, you mentioned it on the commentary. Like, he's going to notice him, right? Because he really dunks his finger there. And I, my brain is going like... Right in front of his face. No, I think yeah. it's... But I think, David, like, as he picks it up, he's, like, really subtle and sneaky. And he hands it to him. He's like, no, he gets three inches from the place. Like, by the way, I have your drink. Bloop. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, thanks, Dave, you fucking toaster. Yeah. <laughs> like, what is this character? Like, he's yeah. massively horrible to David the whole way through. He's horrible to a bunch of the characters. And yeah. then there's like, we should have a baby, Elizabeth. And she's like, 
I'm barren, you insensitive <laughs> bastard. Oh yeah, I'll make it better. I'll Wait, have sex with no, you. I, I yeah. for, oh, I forgot. Let's let's just get, let's get real sexy for some reason. He also, when they arrive, it's like oh, the, there's actually most of the air is the same except for CO2, which is quite you know high by contrast. Sweet, better take my helmet off. But then he gets this one area that you can breathe. And it's like, oh, hair what, up. like what, what are you what? fucking doing? Yeah. Even if you could breathe it, you're a science. You are dumb <laughs> how are you this stupid and then sure enough when things start going bad like oh get the helmets on yeah i wonder why you fucking did that yeah um and then the helmet melts onto face, and, face. And, goes horribly wrong. and he it, it's very frustrating and the second he starts like showing symptoms of things going wrong doesn't mm. tell anyone doesn't say a goddamn word yeah he's checking his eye it's all bloopy and shit and it's like, yeah. no, no, no no it's not bloopy it has a worm yeah, in it has it. a has a wriggly worm in it so <laughs> you'd be like huh but, uh, I wonder if uh, that's probably normal. I took my helmet off on an alien planet like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Maybe I want to tell the bunch of fucking medical staff and scientists <laughs> on this ship mm-hmm. that I have a worm in my eye. Or is he worried like, oh no, they might do experiments on me. I don't, want, I don't want to be I, I told I'm a freak. I wouldn't tell them either because they literally put a head on a table and then stuck <laughs> and then an then electrode exploded in it. it. <laughs> and it blew it up. But they were like, literally like, oh no, it's 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 quivering. It's like making pulsing noises. Put it behind some glass. It's like, oh, why wasn't it there beforehand, yeah. you fucking idiots? <laughs> when you handle like that, uranium with those like big gloves, the big glass screen in the 80s. Oh my God. That is a dumb thing that Shaw does when they're Stupid. like, oh, we found the head. I know, let's just run a bunch of electricity through it. Let's bring it back to the ship. And you're like, you, I assume, because they have things that like read the air and all this kind of shit, mm. they're reasonably technologically advanced. They have a machine that does cesareans and or like, mm. it doesn't do a cesarean, it, the, the whole thing is yeah. that it removes a foreign body or whatever because mm. it's built for Wayland. And an auto-surgery like, thing. An auto-surgery, that's pretty fucking advanced. Mm. But they're like, nah, just best stick a thing in its temple and hope for the best. Even- so it's like, how about you scan it? How about <laughs> yeah. you look at it? How about you... Study it for longer than eight seconds and be yeah. like, well, better wake this cunt up. And be like, what? <laughs> what? Why are you doing that? Plug him in. This is, oh, and I think one of the characters even says it like, this is the greatest discovery in human history. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you just, but maybe, maybe <laughs> spend a minute looking at the greatest discovery in human history before What's you explode it. Really frustrating is it could have been resolved and also a bit of rhyming continuity. If David did it, because if David did the experiment, he's I'm pointing ex- him out in agreement. Yeah. <laughs> he's expendable in that regard. And also Ash Bishop, when they have the face huggers, they're looking at it. And the, the best thing about it, especially Alien, because it's the blue collar workers, they're all getting close. And he's like, and you know, Ian Holm is like, it's very like he doesn't want to talk to you about it because he's it's like, well, you're the science officer, fucking enjoy your little pet, I guess. And even with Bishop, he becomes so enamored by it. It's like exactly David should be obsessed with the head in theory. Um, in, in again, in theory, <laughs> and doing the experiments on it, and then maybe he gets the, you know, the the, the access to the goopy shit, like or, or don't touch it. Oh, okay, I'll touch it now. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, I'll smuggle it back in the ship and put it in the fridge. And do that cool thing with his fingers where you see all the like the micro microby mm. galaxy thing. Yeah, that's cool. Guys, this this alien head could answer so many questions about where life comes from and what what our place in the universe is. But right now, I've only got one question. Will it blend? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. It's like, um, what's, 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 uh, what you found out, David? I found out that it accepted me. Oh, that's, what do you mean? I put my penis in it. (laughs) (laughs) And then it exploded. You mean the head? 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to whip through some characters because they all kind of support. Oh, a bunch, yeah. of, bunch of other idiots. Um, let's throw in together Ford, the ship's medic, played by Katie Dickey, Rafe Spall playing Milburn, the biologist, and Sean Harris playing Fifield, the geologist. The worst scientists yeah, ever. The three a terrible. Tr- a trio of just dumbasses. <laughs> yeah. So this was the, when I first watched it, I was on board for a bunch of it. I don't know where it was going. I was like, okay, David's doing his thing. Sure. And, he, you know, Holloway hasn't done his weird twist yet or whatever. Sure. And then these motherfuckers showed up and I'm like, I'm going to map this whole thing and then get lost. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to freak out when I see a dead body and then go cuddle a vagina snake <laughs> in a pool of ooze hey. when it clearly goes... And he's about to attack him. He's hey like, baby, he's no, it's girl. fine. It's fine. It's a good girl. Hey, it's beautiful fine. girl. Hey, beautiful girl. I put my finger in you. And yeah. yet he sees a seemingly like thousands of years old decapitated thing that almost looks like fossilized at this mm. point. And he's like, yeah. we didn't sign up for this, man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, freaks out. Go back to the ship or whatever the fuck. And he's like, but you, you just freaked out by a dead thing. And then yeah. you're intrigued by a live thing that is clearly threatening you. Yeah. Why are you here? I hate, what are you doing? I hate that the... Well, first of all, I hate that the geologist and the biologist are friends, despite the fact when introduced, he's like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm whoever the fuck I am. And he's like, I don't give a shit about anything. I look like a fucking mercenary. I look like Seamus, the WWE wrestler, for some reason. And then it's like, I'm, we'll a, I'm a mercenary geologist. Yeah. <laughs> I love rocks. I fucking love them. I love... Oh, let me get my dick out and wipe it on this rock. <laughs> oh, igneous. Um, but it's now like... Pay me, bitch. It's, it's like, do you understand anything about really any of this? No. And then, But then become like buddies. Like a weird buddy cop yeah. film. Um, kind of off screen as well. It's not like in... There's a... There's um, uh, the film Life with Jake Gyllenhaal mm. and Ryan Reynolds, which is actually... A half decent alien yeah. <laughs> prequel, if I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, or a Venom prequel. Or a Venom prequel. Yeah, we, sorry, we, exactly. We, yes. we all thought it was a Venom prequel. But the, the thing, the, 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 the creature, as it no, were. No, not the thing. Oh, my apologies. The alien beast. <laughs> Thank you. Um, does quite a few interesting animalistic things where it tries to fake out what it's doing and lure you in, lure you in. Not literally the, the, the vagina snake, which goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's threatened and also maybe threatening you. Yeah. Quick Prometheus pop quiz with Jack. Do either of you know the real name of the vagina snake? Oh, uh, it's um. It has a canon name. Yes, and it's fucking stupid. It's Sheila. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sheila the vagina I love snake. That. So Lindolf is right now. Like, and it's called Sheila, you bitch. So each of the biological steps and the squid monster and all this bullshit—they all have appropriately bollocks alien names mm. i specifically went and looked up vagina snake's name <laughs> did you google that yes shit prometheus vagi- vagina. <laughs> prometheus vagina snake is what i googled Rafe's ball spine would you face. like would you like to guess any any suggestions I, I would like to say something first of all i don't and i know i've seen this film a few times now i don't believe these creatures are linked in any way shape or right form. <laughs> they don't feel like a I mean, the, the the egg the face hugger the chest burster growing up to the xenomorph, fucking brilliant. Even the dog alien sort of thing in Alien 3 mm. makes complete sense because of the nature of evolution. These things, if you were to ask me to name the stages, not what they were called, but just which mm. ones are which, I'd have genuine problems. So there's worms there for some reason. They go in the black goo, the, the fucking biomaterial. Yes, which, which we don't know 
if like is that something that the warfare weapon or something that they brought from the outside like were the, were the worms outside and they brought them into the goo were the worms already in the spaceship in in which case how come they hadn't come across the goo already I get, mm. uh, my impression and again me reading <laughs> shit into this movie and yeah, trying to yeah. defend it to try and make sense of this bollocks sure is that they like awaken it by accident and they're secretly in the like their goopy atmos- sand? Yeah, being in there, the atmosphere then, changes. Yeah, I get in the like because it's in like a footprint and then the worms all go like blah, 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 the worms into, just be into, there the, into the slime as part like, of the general... they're lying dormant until they wander yeah. in there and they're like squidge. Like you, <laughs> you, you, like in the same way that a spider will sit in a corner and then you touch its web and it will come crawling out. Yeah, like the footprint squidges in, and at that point all the ooze is like leaking out of <laughs> things and stuff and whatever. So something has triggered the ooze. The secret of the ooze. Secret well, of the ooze. My, my logic, Ivan would, ooze, if you will. Yeah, my my logic would be that the this the uh, web's just indigenous to the planet. Mm. There's just a thing. Yes. They just happen to live there and you know borrow their way Do in. Do they evolve into vagina snake? Mm, Who knows? No, but the reason the weapon, whatever the the you know the 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 DNA awful warping yeah. weapon, this goo is activated because the humans enter the room with their actual skin, um, you know, <laughs> they exposed. They took their fucking helmets off. Because I think on some level the DNA is... Oh, no, sorry, sorry, my apologies. The DNA is exactly the same. Mm. Stupid. Um, <laughs> so therefore engineer presence in the room activates it, perhaps. Except what I don't understand is with that awful awful hologram CCTV bullshit <laughs> where they just say that really sketchy awful images of these yeah. people run through a corridor he falls over and the door shuts and cuts his face off but two other guys around that room didn't they where did they go don't know <laughs> it's like wait they're the blokes that ran in the room later on and sat on the chairs with the it's a different room is it yeah but yeah they it's, it, it's, this we thing that's mapped out it's so hard to tell what the thing is yeah Anyway, so... Um, we literally are shown a map at one point, and it's like, I don't know. It's just a bunch of fucking caves. It's just a bunch of guys. Anyway, yeah. what's Vagina Snake called? I think Vagina Snake is called... Uh, it's a weirdly logical name, I'll give you a clue. Uh, like, look at the shape of it and the, the creature that could have been related to in real life. Snake. No. It's, I, I've, I've definitely looked this up yeah, in the past. Yeah, I think I you might have seen it. Too, I can't yeah. remember I it exactly, done. but I want to say it's called something like a shovel head. You're not far off. What to, to the do, fuck? To do with the shape of its head I thought it was like a serpent thing. Not no, no, no. V, it's not a snake. V-head or some shit. So they equate it to a millipede or a centipede. So it's peed. Oh, ah, yeah. And, uh, and but the, it has no the, legs. Uh, uh, <laughs> Monopede. Thank you, Matthew. And then the shape of its head is like a certain, I guess, kind of like, kind of like you know, that, that shark that has that weird shaped head. It's a hammerpede. No. Yeah. Mo- yeah. 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 Monopede might work. Yeah. Because it's one leg. Hammerpede. Hammerpede sounds. Hammerpede. <laughs> They're fucking scientists. Can't call it a hammerpede. Well, I mean, to be fair, no one survived the end of that one. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think they were out there. David called it hammerpede. Yeah. <laughs> hammerpede. Hammerpede. That's actually what that fucking vagina Can't snake is called. Touch this. And that is a giga. <laughs> That's a giga. That is a giga. We, if you're playing a drinking game at home during the commentary, yeah. Godspeed. Because <laughs> there's a lot of giga God in there. God damn, there is. Um, anyway, back to, yeah, back to the cast. I think that's pretty much all the cast. I the can scientists go. are a bunch of fucking morons. Yeah. Even though they've been specifically the, the, chosen for this gravely important task that fundamentally explains the origins of humanity and might be the most important scientific discovery in the history of mankind. Yeah. A bunch of fucking idiots. The doctor's kind of fine. She yeah, doesn't do but anything. She, she also no. stands by when they charge the 
she's involved in the exploding the head. Oh, yeah, she is, isn't she? she yeah, pugs, I was, was going to say, like, she, she, she more or less gets away with it. But, the, I mean, the other frustrating thing is that they... Oh, one of the other frustrating things is, like, why don't they know what mission they're going on ahead of time? Why yes. is it that they don't oh, know yeah. until they get I've woken up? Like, yeah. like, that as, seems... As I just said, it might be the most important thing in the history of mankind in yeah. terms of scientific discoveries and expeditions, mm. let's not tell them what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The what the fuck? <laughs> when they're like, we didn't sign up for this, or like, what's this going to be? Oh, I reckon it's another mining thing or whatever. It's yeah. like... Why aren't why, you the best selected you... group yeah. for the job? Because yeah. this what is very fucking important. What possible advantage is there? Like, you know, the fucking NDAs exist now. I'm sure that there are space <laughs> NDAs. <laughs> like, what advantage do you have, Mr. Wayland, by not telling They're working the for a corporation. They're full of NDAs. Yeah. You think Wayland yutani would be full of fucking NDAs? Even, even the fucking... Mining dudes in Armageddon knew exactly where they were going <laughs> yeah. and what they were doing, and that's yep. a Michael Bay movie. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's sort of dawned yeah. on me there. Um, the only the characters to talk about really um, is the two pilots, I guess. One's Benedict Wong, and one's another guy I can't be able to look up. Mm -hmm. And they're fine, except they have literally they don't give a shit about anything. Mm. They're so laissez-faire. Yeah, I, I, I remember uh, when you see the crew at the beginning, and we went, "Oh, Benedict Wong! I love Benedict Wong. He's great." Yeah. Oh, he's got. 40 seconds of screen time. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Hands off! Uh, just a waste. Because it is such a good cast. Wong is and and, and as we'll get to in a moment, Tim mm. does some interesting things oh, yeah. with his pitch and his cast. But in theory, this cast is amazing and they could do such great things. Yep. But they don't because nope. the script is shit and none of the motivations make sense. And the, the character motivation is the key thing for me. Yeah, as bad yeah. as the script is and as bad as... I mean, we touched on the dialogue of... Do you want anything more from me? Father. <laughs> as, as if he doesn't know. So that if for those of you who haven't seen the film, Charlie's Theron is Guy Pierce's daughter for some reason. And then she just says, Father, the end of a sentence. <laughs> How for do some I reason. reveal that I'm related to this person? I know I look him dead in the fucking face, which is basically just off of the camera and go, Father. Like <laughs> for no reason. Okay. As if Everyone in the room doesn't already know that. Yeah. It's all the people who are working for Wayland directly, David and her father, <laughs> yet she has to go, I don't know, father. <laughs> it's we, very odd. I mean, we kind of already knew that anyway, mm -hmm. but... Who are you telling that to? Why is that in the script? It's it's solely it's, it's one purpose of Mopazani to identify the relationship, mm. and they always sound. I mean, okay, because I watch films every now and again, I will I will say to my actual parents, mother, <laughs> father, because I'm a dickhead. But equally, people don't talk, and that's the thing you ever notice in films. In the first 15, 20 minutes of interactions, mm. people tend to say people's names in the most awkward ways, and I yeah. hate that shit. And they always say like, um, the best example is always. Well, you know, we did share a womb. It's like, oh, they're twins. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, mum's kind of crazy. Like, oh, they're, they're well, sisters. Of hey, sisters. I'll have you know, I'm twelve. I'm twelve minutes older. Oh, yeah, it's that kind of shit. You're like, yeah. and it's fine, but you don't really ever hear people talking like that. And also, more importantly, they don't talk about that like that for the rest of the film. Mm. And if they came back to it again and mentioned it again, you're like, okay, maybe they just that's how they talk to each other. But the interaction of how are these people connected? And it is a writing issue and it takes time for everyone to get used to mm. it. It's one on one. And it's, it's, I think the clumsiest thing is the fact that when, the reason it's so clumsy is because 
Wayland has been absent for two thirds of the film, and then yes. finally, show, like apart from his video thing, like finally shows up. And so there's not the you haven't got the space left to tease that relationship out and have it organically come up. Yes, that that is their relationship. You have to just have her go, Father. Here's a question. Um, uh -oh. We've covered this in the in the interseason content about twists in general. Do we think that this is a twist or a reveal about Wayland? It's a reveal, I think. It's a tricky one, isn't it? Because technically... It doesn't change anything about the film. No. no. Her being his daughter doesn't matter. No, that means nothing. Him being on the ship... Because, like, like, well, yeah. if, if he suddenly, like, turned around and realised that, like, oh, the way I can live forever is through my biological daughter, who I'm confirming is not a robot. <laughs> and maybe I'm actually coming here so I can pass the torch on to her and mm. pass the corporation mm. on to her and I can meet God and say my goodbyes and blah, blah, blah. And you can take on in my footsteps. You are yeah. literally my, you know, flesh and blood and all this yes. kind of shit. None of that matters. No. Nope. She they basically don't interact for the rest of the film and then he dies and then she dies and then none of it fucking matters. <laughs> the only thing I get is that she she says to him in that speech just before she did the father thing. Like, uh a king's time is that he lives and then he dies. Yeah. What a fucking great piece of dialogue. Yeah. Mm. There's moments in there and we've mentioned like they oh, yeah. quote a bunch of stuff because you've got David mm. quoting Lawrence Arabian, all sorts of things. Lawrence yeah. Arabian, yeah. bits of pop culture and stuff. Mm. And then Holloway and Shaw are like quoting Bible verses and all this like yeah. Moments are really epic and cool, and you can have really powerful, like poetic mm. things mm. in the dialogue because these are very, like, in theory, spiritual and interesting, multi dimensional, mm -hmm. balancing the science and the logical side of things and balancing yeah, the spiritual yeah. side of things. And, you know, that, that can be a really interesting part of a character. And then it's not at all. And none of it is really explored at all yeah. about anything in any depth. And they're like, oh, here's the relationship between these two characters. They're father and daughter. Does it matter? No. Does she interact with David after they find this out? So you can be like, oh, is is she a robot? And uh, are, do they have some tension? They did an hour ago. <laughs> they don't see each other again for the rest of the fucking movie for some reason. Mm. Why, why are any of these people here? They mm. don't have consequences to any of the other characters. Mm. They all just die and it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Yeah, and Who I cares I, about any of these people. I don't think like Wayland's presence even counts as a twist because it it doesn't change like no. our understanding of the mission. No. no, because all it all it does is it means initially we're like, oh, he's really he's old, a, an old rich guy. He's really interested in these aliens, so he sent a ship to find these aliens. And then once we've oh, he's actually on the ship, so oh no, he's still an old rich guy who's interested in these aliens. He just wanted to meet them personally rather yeah. than find out about them and have a report sent And back. then he dies three minutes later. And then he dies, yeah. yeah, almost instantly. It doesn't... Him being there makes no difference to any of the characters. They're not suddenly like, oh shit, the guy who employed us is here. Mm. A couple of them mention it. A couple of them be like, well, he's why we're here. You know, oh, oh my gosh, the guy from the video, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But they don't suddenly like change if they were like suddenly acting differently around him like oh the boss is here we better straighten up and blah yeah. blah 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 and like now we need to start playing by the rules yeah. or whatever <laughs> or anything like that there's just like, more if crew it, members we better yeah, stop anything, exploding those heads or <laughs> if anything they just get more reckless and yeah, yeah they just escalate into their insanity and bullshit lack of logic and reasoning mm. and him being there doesn't fucking matter to anybody yeah. and then he dies and it still doesn't fucking matter to anybody i'm nope. like oh he got punched by a big old handsome squidward <laughs> sure <laughs> one final thing before we kind of uh do 
Rotten Tomato scores and, and get into the actual pitch. Yes. One thing we should note is that this is, in theory, a prequel to Alien. Oh, <laughs> yeah. The situation that in it leaves theory. cannot lead to the film Alien. Nope. So there's a couple of different things. And on first watch, I did not pick this up. Mm-hmm. I picked up that the whole, like, it's not really a prequel to Alien because it ends, and as you very astutely said at the end of the commentary, Tim, with the goblin shark monster popping out of the engineer because the giant squid monster, unexplained, mm. attacks the engineer and then the goblin shark creature, which is sort of a xenomorph. <laughs> no, it's fucking not. It's, it's still to be sort of a queen, maybe? Exactly. Yeah. It sort of, sort of looks like some kind of xenomorph, kind of. But, but from an evolutionary point of view, you can kind of make that work a little bit. Yeah. Maybe. None of that makes sense. And Ooh. then, and then... Everything is set up. You've got the jockey chair. Oh, it's the it's the thing from Alien. And the ship rolls down and it's like a horseshoe thing and it collapses like, just like Alien. Oh, this must be LV-426. It's LV-223. Yep. It's a separate fucking moon <laughs> of the same planet. They're in, they're in the same fucking orbit around the same fucking planet, which I found by looking things up, hmm. not from the film. Why is it not the same planet from Alien? It's That would make it a prequel to the film Alien. Yeah. But it's not. They just set it on a different fucking moon for no fucking reason. It's, it's I'm very... getting higher and higher because <laughs> I'm annoyed. It's really frustrating because if you think about it for too long, everything falls apart. So I watched this in IMAX and... I enjoyed it. That's why I noticed the bloop. But, uh, <laughs> you know, when, when there's a three foot Michael Fassbender finger go bloop. <laughs> I think it was bigger than I was. Oh. Right? It was like a sixth finger. But oh. we, um, a bike and dream. Because I, because what, I saw. This is what we all know about Michael Fassbender. Big hands. <laughs> <laughs> Him and his six foot finger. <laughs> we all saw it in shame. He lives in IMAX. Um, so, yeah, I, I, because of that, I saw the, the planet thing and it says LV233, like 223, whatever it's like. Huh. <laughs> I, I see. I hadn't clocked on because mm. I didn't know the LV blah 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 off the top oh, of my right. head. Oh right, yeah, yeah. And I was like, yeah, that sounds LV something. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a, like a hardcore Alien fan. I hadn't seen. I didn't watch Alien leading up to Prometheus. Sure, or I was sure, like, sure. I haven't seen Alien in ten years. That sounds about right. Wait, what? What the? Who? Yeah. Who thought this was a good idea? What the fuck were you guys thinking? We won't get into. Why it would you do that? Too much, but we already have. Yeah, but but effectively, we spent over an hour talking. This. <laughs> but basically, this film both was and wasn't an alien prequel and went back. Okay, Kingdom of Heaven again, just very briefly. Is an alien prequel. Is an alien prequel. <laughs> we know this to be true. But also, there were two versions of the script. Uh, one huge huge difference was this kid i.e. a little prince and called um, ripley ripley um it was eva green's son in the film and he got leprosy and all sorts of things and it's like an extra 45 minutes to an hour of stuff and one script was it was called like boy and no boy um <laughs> and they would just have this like massive difference and then up until filming they didn't know which one they were going to do and they end up shooting the boy script with all of it and then the version comes out no boy. But the director's cut has it back Whoops. and then it benefits much. Yes, it does. Quite significantly from it. This feels like alien prequel, not alien prequel. Mm. If it was just a standalone, it could be quite interesting. But they keep trying to shoehorn alien things in there. And because it is, but it isn't, you see the big 
space jockey room and all that stuff, but none of it means anything. None yeah. of it's tied into anything. There's no chestburster for the space jockey thing. Um, it's all in name only. In, in a film we'll talk about later on in this season, there's a little hint for you. Ooh. It's nostalgia for nostalgia's sake. Sure. Mm. And that happens a lot with prequels that come out very like long periods of time after the original thing that they're a prequel to. Mm. It's like, well, we've got to reference the thing, right? <laughs> because we know, as you said, Matt, in the beginning, mm. the difference between is you know where it ends up. So you've got to do the setup in theory in the prequel. So you know that like, mm. oh, you know, the opening shot of the original film is this. Yeah. So the penultimate shot of this film mm. is going to be the same thing. Mm. And yeah, there's a, a dead body one. in a rogue one. Exactly. Mm. Like, oh, there's the ship flying away from the thing. We better have Darth Vader chasing the yeah, data yeah. and yeah. them handing it through the thing and just barely escaping. Sure. But then it's not. Yeah. It's like Rogue One being like Darth Vader's on this ship and they're like, yeah, it's the wrong ship, Vader. Like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah, that was a completely different ship. You were just killing a bunch of people for no reason. I mean, I don't care, but... You tricked them out of there. What the fuck? <laughs> what do you mean that was the wrong ship? Yeah, you were just chasing a bunch of random dudes with a floppy disk for some reason. Like... What do you mean? That was the data from Scarif. No, 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 no. Data from Scarif is on a different ship. Always has been. What? What do also, you mean? Also, by the way, you're not Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> you're Dark Father. You just oh, kind of look his, a bit his, like him. His German equivalent. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, God, yeah. It's just, it does so many things to set it up. And then it's like, and no. Yeah. It's all, it's, this is the kind of prequel thing, which we'll have to come back to for ourselves multiple times about you know what makes it a prequel how far how connected is it are there any returning characters themes etc yada 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 but in truth this isn't really an alien prequel nope. because especially with alien coven coming after it making it even more convoluted and distanced from the original thing because it doesn't connect it doesn't work and um what Alien Covenant is very reactionary. It's very much trying to say, oh, I see what you wanted. You sorry, want Xenomorphs? Have all Here's the Xenomorphs. Stuff. <laughs> and it's all shit. Um, and there's, some, again, some mm. beautiful stuff in there, but most it's dog shit. And all the stuff you liked about the first one, like, oh, David's an interesting character. Well, now there's two of them. It's like, oh. You want David? Have Walter. It's like, okay, sure. Break that whole Fingering. A, B, C, D, E thing. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it's a very frustrating film. Um and again, as a prequel, it, by the definition of what we think a prequel might be, if we wrote it, people would say, that's not a prequel. That doesn't count. It doesn't have to literally end on the, like the Rogue One style on the same beat no, the not next one starts, but it needs to be tied in in some shape. If it's just another film in the universe, which I believe this is, it's a spin-off. It's a spin-off. Mm. So we fucked it on the first episode, but <laughs> it's Mike's fault. He picked it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a prequel. It's a spin-off. Fuck it. Yeah. It needs fixing. We should do that. But before we get to that, we should have a word from the Wayland Utani to our Nostromo. Oh, well, hello. The evil uh, corporation. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Our evil corporate overlord. Don't no. tell them that. <laughs> no, our generous, benevolent corporate overlord. Uh, <laughs> Peter Wayland. Oh, 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 okay. Um, so we are, we are sponsored by Stitcher Premium. Um, they are a fantastic platform for listening to all your favorite podcasts. It's a really good way of keeping the shows that you love like in order and being able to find new ones and building and playlists and building stuff. Building playlists. It's a great little feature. Yeah. Um, and so all of that's available on Stitcher and then with Stitcher premium, 
you get all of your favorite shows ad free um, as well as original content uh, so original podcasts extra episodes free comedy albums a whole bunch of extra content that you get uh, for the very reasonable price of uh, $4.99 a month mm-hmm. or, thir- is a reasonable or price. $34.99 a year which oh. saves you like five months cheaper than Disney Plus cons- considerably cheaper than Disney Plus um, uh, and even with that low low price you can still get a month free Ooh. if you go to stitcher.com slash premium and sign up today using our promo code sequelizers sorry it's not prequelizers sorry it's not yeah we're stuck with one promo code i'm afraid yeah. the t-shirts will still say sequelizers so will the branding <laughs> yeah um but uh yeah that will get you a free month of stitcher premium you can use to check it out find all these amazing shows that they have on offer they even do early access to some seasons of certain shows as well Mm -hmm. shows we talked about in the past some of the marvel stuff they've produced Mm. has been fantastic and you get it all early access ad free delightful specific podcast app goodness yes Mm -hmm. a dedicated app just what podcasts deserve exactly and what you deserve for your listening experience dear, Mm. dear listener so, obviously, certain things are a little bit different this season. Obviously, with the prequels. Oh. Do you know what isn't different? Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. That's magnificent facial hair. Well, that too. Uh, it changes every day. <laughs> it's a little longer. I snip it back a little it, bit. It mutates. <laughs> it evolves. Like, in, a way, evolve? nope. in a way, it hugs your face, Matthew. does hug my face. Yeah. It is my face. Anyway, um, Rotten Tomatoes, that, that flawed, flawed thing we like to bring up because it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, and my God, my God is I'm re- this flawed. I'm ready for this. <laughs> I've got four I'm going to ask you about. Okay. I, I'm guessing. Oh. Starsky Hutch. Alien, Prometheus, Covenant. I don't know what Kingdom fourth of one. Heaven. Kingdom of Heaven. <laughs> and Kingdom of Heaven. Oi, cut. <laughs> sounds really like the word for circumcision. Um, should I do that? No, I was going to no. say I'll put aliens in as well. I'll put aliens okay, in as yeah. well. Okay. That's alien, fair. aliens, alien covenant, Prometheus. Let's go whatever order you want. So we already talked about alien way back in the day. We yeah. fixed alien three. We did season two. I want to say off the top of my head. End of season one. End of season one. It was the season finale of season one. I, I believe, believe so. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Fucking hawk aliens. Hawk aliens. <laughs> um, the legendary Alec Plowman exclamation. Alex legacy of hawk aliens. I so, think uh, let's let's do them in release date order. I reckon. Mm, oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, yes, okay. okay. Right. I'm going to write down some names and things as people write their suggestions. So let's go with 1979's Alien. Mm. Bit Lipton. It's, You've it's straight to Lipton. Madness that this that, that film is 40 years old. It is. Fucking hell. So I mean, we talk about like Star Wars being genre so defining, good. and it is. Mm. But fuck me, Alien really carves out a lot for the, me personally. The fact that Alien came out two years after Star Wars just does. I will never have that make sense in my head yeah. because it yeah. feels like it comes out it should come out like seven or eight years later if not. like the fact that return of the jedi came mm. out four years after, after alien. alien and looks like a floppy mess from the 70s yeah <laughs> hey, you heard me fuck you, you look like a floppy mess from the 70s <sighs> no know. you're a floppy mess from the 80s from the 1770s 1670s maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't specify the century yeah um alien gotta be high it's an all-time great 
That's Jack's Matt, advocacy of, Matt, of drugs. Matt's, you gotta be high. You gotta be high. When you watch an alien, you gotta be high. Jerry Goldsmith. It's an all-time great. It is. It's classic. a straight-up, absolute fucking genre classic. One of the best sci-fi films. One of the best horror films ever made of either genre. I still maintain it's the best alien film. It mm, maybe. I've said it. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm not, yeah. not, gonna, I'm not I, trying to convince I, you, I, I really, dumb fucks. I really like aliens. I really like aliens. Well, I think you might be right, man. Okay. Yeah. So let's have some numbers, so, gentle folk. Ninety-one for Alien. I'm worried it's going to be like seventy-five, and the, the world first one that came out, yeah, yeah, is yeah. going to shit. I'm gonna go eighty-four. Fuck. I think Tim's closer. I'm worried. All right. I, I, I hate that they're always lower than they should be. <laughs> I'm going to say something. Than they should I'm going to say something that may, and I'll allow you to potentially change they're your numbers wrong. if you like. <laughs> Alien and aliens are the same number. Oh. Would you like to change your I number? I will stick with 91. I will stick with 84. Oh, Ooh, good interesting. God. Okay, okay, okay. Interesting. That... It's going to be like a. It's either. 98 or like 73 <laughs> and i'm gonna be fucked off either way oh, i'll okay. be happy with the 98 it deserves it uh next we've got prometheus i think it's worryingly the same high. number <laughs> uh i'm gonna say like a 70 Ooh. 76 okay which is 30 percent too high in my opinion <laughs> i hate this film and then finally i know tim hasn't seen it Alien Covenant 32. I hate that film. I hate it more than Prometheus. 58. Oh, Tim. If you're right, we're in a lot of trouble. I mean, we're in a lot of trouble anyway. I got to do some maths once I can. It's a literal apocalypse. It means none of us are spot on. (laughs) I know, I know... um... Patrick Willems, who's a, a YouTuber who we we all uh, pretty much like, he's a he's a vocal defender of Alien Covenant. He's wrong. Um, I I like Patrick Willems, but mm. fuck that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's one I will get round to eventually. Um, mm. Meh. But no, yeah. no rush, Tim. No rush. Well, exactly. I I've think got better one, things to watch. I've once got we've f- done this season and there's a bit of calm, you can watch and go, "Fuck, I did that better." Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, that I will say this much right away. None of you have got any of the numbers right. Okay. 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 <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of numbers. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, and I should, no, I, should, I should note that actually, even though I haven't seen Alien Covenant, I have taken bits of inspiration from it. Yes. For yeah. my pitch. But we'll get into that mm. once Matt has finished doing his maths. Okay. I think I'm, I'm taking there. I think like, we have a victor, I believe. Um, yeah. Just about. Okay. Just about. Wow. Alien. Okay. And, and arguably aliens. aliens. Not alien. Not arguably, definitely. And completely justifiably understandable. Okay. 97%. Okay, 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 no, okay, okay, okay. Good, 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 Prometheus. Fucking hell. 1776. <laughs> it's 73. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so it's literally a tie. Neither of us can. So, so it's still, 75. Yeah. 73, what do we think about that? I'm actually not too bad with that. 3 out of 5, 73, like, yeah, that fits. That's th- three and a half out of 5. Well, maybe it should be 65. But yeah. still, it's, uh, it's not awful. I mean, I don't like this film. I'd knock 20 points off there. Sure. But... Pff, I'm, I'm maybe too harsh on it. Yeah, 
I know. Um, we, I know. And as always, we know it's not an actual percentage of what the it's film. It's not is an aggregated score. Yeah. It's a percentage of a positive or negative, which means more than half or less than half. We yeah. know. <laughs> we know it's a flawed system, but we enjoy the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think. I think it should be lower. Fair. Thank God for that. Alien Covenant. Low. It's got to be low. Tim's got it. Fuck off. Uh, not on the nose, Samir. But Tim was wrong. It was uh, 32 and 58 was the guesses. Yes. But 60 something. 66. Fuck off. And that is wrong. I gave it a two <laughs> out of five off. review for myself. That That's might be generous. too high for Prometheus, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone Alien Covenant. Yeah, that's pretty... I remember one. Alien Covenant absolutely bombing with the critics. Did. I thought people fucking hated that film as much as you and I did, Matthew. Yeah. The problem, the problem is often these also include things like... The news of the world, where pretty much every film, they're just like a fantastic treat. <laughs> they're looking for a soundbite on the fucking yes, side because they want to get on the poster. Uh, yeah, on a goddamn uh... Nuts magazine gives it five out of five stars. Yeah, Nuts magazine hasn't existed for ten years. <laughs> five out of five stars. <laughs> Spooky as all balls. <laughs> Thank you, Nuts. That's a quote from Nuts. <laughs> um, it will scare the tits right off you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a. Who won? It's a, oh, technically my apologies. It's two one to Jack. Thank you very much. Oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that other than Alien and Aliens, they're all a bit generous. Um, oh, fuck me, Alien Covenant is so very, very generous mm. with that one. Um, but um, I, I would, I would imagine I'm not going to look, but I imagine that Aliens Three and, and and Resurrection rank lower than that. They do. And that's not. I remember right us talking um, again. Mind. I remember us talking about that back yeah. in season one. Mm. Three, because I was the one that did all the RT stuff back yes, in the day. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I remember. Th- I don't mind three, as we talked about do. many moons ago. I fucking hate Resurrection. Mm-hmm. I really, really hate so many things about that movie. I don't like it, it. And yeah, you're wrong. Um, again, <laughs> I, I you're haven't def- seen you're it since I was probably about twelve. <laughs> Leave it there. Leave it there. It's a good place for us to watch it. Did you enjoy it as a twelve-year-old? I think so. I remember yeah. enjoying the aliens yeah. swimming. I remember thinking that was a good thing. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that too. A lot. So a, little, a little too much, Matthew. A little too much. Like, <laughs> yeah, swimming around all slick. Mm. Um, so we're now going to have to fix this film. And mm. this is uh, Tim, first pitch of the season. Yes. I think that's a baseball thing. I don't know what that means. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Throwing out the first pitch there, Tim. The, yeah. the president does it, walk, I think. Walk out onto the mound, yeah. And then drop it. Yeah. That's bad luck for... Groundhog. I don't know. Another six weeks of winter. Bad yeah. um, for the groundhog. <laughs> American traditions. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one was a, a pain in the ass to do because I'd started on it and then we rewatched Prometheus and I was yeah. like, do I just do I just put some band-aids on Prometheus? Yeah. Because I my initially I had I had kind of thought about what I enjoyed about Alien and Aliens and kind of started there as my inspiration yeah. as like okay imagine prometheus doesn't exist what is the alien prequel that i'm making and so started with that took some ideas from various places looked up a bit you know i'd, I'd seen prometheus i'd looked up what alien covenant did okay draw some stuff from there yeah and then re-watching prometheus you do get that experience of like there's so much in here that's rich and worthwhile and it probably only needs some tinkering to make it better mm-hmm. and it's an age-old problem that we've had well not me but you guys have had since 
you know, you started writing pitches and mm. something I have had in the previous season as well mm. is do you just fix the sequel or do you throw it all in the bin and start from scratch? And it's the same thing with prequels, but my opinion, even more so, because we talked about that at the opening of this episode yeah. and it's going to be a thing for the rest of the season. In theory, with prequels, you can go fucking mental. Mm -hmm. And in that, with Prometheus, it doesn't tie into Alien, so mm. none of this matters. Just set it 5,000 years in the past and it's <laughs> Alien BC or whatever the fuck. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah. doesn't fucking matter. You can mm. do what you like. Or, as you said, Tim, do you just tweak and fiddle and put bandages here and fix a bit of characterization there and make that make a little bit more sense? And hey, it's a functional, it actually mm. kind of works now. And, oh, mm. that, and we've done that in the past. Mm. And even when we had two teams, and I, I weirdly noticed this as <laughs> much as yes. when the two teams were like pitching off against each other, one would go ballistic and <laughs> just be like, oh, it's made of fucking 70s rock stars. I don't know. And then the other one would be like, Oh, we kind of fixed the original. We tidied it up a bit and cast a new person Salvaged and gave place, it a new yeah. director, and now it's fine. I'm like, mm. that's really interesting. And and even in, with the two teams, you guys like trade it off. Like one week, yeah. you, one of <laughs> you would go buck, while the other week you would fix it. And then, yeah, it's a difficult, difficult thing. And I'm very intrigued. When you said that, Tim, we hadn't read any of your pitch, and mm. I was like, I am very intrigued to see where mm. you're going to go with this. Yeah, in in the end, the decision I made, I st stuck with a what I'd started writing already. But, but not just because I'd already written some of it, um, but also I wanted to make something that felt more like a prequel to Alien yes. or Alien and Aliens. And the things that I think are most interesting about Prometheus are kind of the things that connect least with the Alien franchise. Mm. Like the things, the things that I find interesting are David and Wayland and Vickers to a certain extent and that relationship... Mm. But if I want to, exp if I was going to explore that more, that kind of pulls it away away from the alien stuff. Yeah. Which, which, strangely enough, just to, again, for, for modern new listeners or whatever, new audience members, um, don't necessarily go back because the audio quality is very, very different, and the show is very, very different. Yeah. But um, Tom Martin, previous sequelizer, and myself, uh, I took the lead on the on the Alien episode, and I wrote Alien three point mm -hmm. and for half of that film pitch. It's about fucking androids because mm. I was trying to incorporate Prometheus stuff. I remember you saying, yeah. yeah. And then finally, it comes down to, oh, by the way, they accidentally stumble across the shuttlecraft that has Ripley and and um, Hicks inside. You, know? you had like a whole colony of androids, tons and of the shit whole going thing, on. Mm. and like, yeah, yeah. And then finally, it's like, oh, and it's a fucking alien film now because it was only like after they're actually experimenting on them. And actually in some of it and there's, the, a, there's a reveal of an egg at some point isn't there isn't there like, is, like, yeah they yeah, all yeah, get sort of strapped in and they get yeah. so nice and i remember way. us talking about that and being like ah, that'd be ruined by the marketing wouldn't it yeah. the <laughs> fucking poster would be the egg and they would ruin it yeah i mean it's called alien 3.0 no but it's kind of the point yeah 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 and but the, it, tim's right the, the themes that are interesting you can kind of get away with in a sequel a prequel it's tricky because it takes away mm. from the thing. It gets, again, we will come back to this so many times this season, I think, because mm. we'll be like, I wanted to do this, but I kind of couldn't because yeah. yeah. it has to end in a certain yeah. way. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, so this was this was an interesting one. It was it was quite a tough right. Um, a rite of passage. Uh, uh, it did not get finished until uh, about 20 minutes before we started uh, <laughs> recording. Um uh, we've had later finished pitches. Know, yeah, that's fine. true. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. Um, I'm interested to see what you guys think. I mean, we're professionals. We're ready. We're ready. So, what are you, what are you, uh, what are you doing? So, the title of my film 
It's got an alien in it. Okay, ah. we're, off to a good, we're off to a good start. We're, I'm not just just calling it whatever. Yeah, uh, it's called Alien Communion. Let's face it, that's a very alien sort of thing. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's also let's face it. If you called it either Alien Communion, oh, very religious sort of thing on there, or Alien Penis, <laughs> <laughs> then they both kind of work. Yeah. Themes. Themes. Mm. That's what we need. And it's so weird because we've talked about this in the past as well. The fact that the quote unquote alien prequel is just called Prometheus. Mm. And looking at the box, you would have no idea it's related to the alien no. series, even though it's not. It's so weird because we talked about it from a marketing perspective, like. I mean, you can call a sequel whatever you want, and we've done that. Like, I I did my Hannibal redo, yes, and it was not called Hannibal. Mm. If if you just saw the titles next to each other, you would have no idea it's a sequel to mm. Silence of the Lambs mm. or that kind of stuff. Well, Batman Begins the Dark Knight. I mean, if you don't know the comics, the Dark Batman Knight begins means nothing. Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, and the reason it was called Dark Knight Rises yeah. is because the Dark Knight did so well, and you have yeah. to tie it all in and all that bullshit. And it's like brilliant. Okay. Sometimes you need to do that because mm-hmm. then it doesn't become an alien film. So I'm I'm glad you did, Tim. It yeah. works. And communion gets gets the juices flowing. <laughs> yep. It's intriguing already. Um so I'm having it come out in twenty fourteen. Oh a little later. A little later. Uh mainly for the purposes of just getting actors at the right time and stuff like that. Fair. Um Director. Mm-hmm. I have gone for Lynn Ramsey. Tim. Mm-hmm. Fucking love that idea. <laughs> I really, really do. Um, so, for people who don't know, Lynn Ramsey uh, was a very kind of small indie director in the late 90s, early 2000s. Did a film called uh, Morven Caller with Samantha Morton, um, which was kind of put her on the map for mm-hmm, most people. Yeah. And then she kind of went away for a while and then came back with We Need to Talk About Kevin. It's fucking dark film. Which is a, a dark-ass film. Yeah. And then more recently, she's done um, You Were Never Really Here. Yes. Never Really Here? There? You Were Never Here. Yeah. With, um, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix, which is a very kind of dark... I've heard people describe it as the film that Joker wants to be. Yeah, I, um, that's fair. I really enjoyed that film. I was showing my wife and I said, and on my little breakdown of the year on my website for, mm. for my movie reviews, I put it as the most underrated film of that year. Oh, wow. Okay. Because it was just like, it's really good. And Wacky Phoenix is a great performance and nobody's talking about mm. it, it mm. felt. But yeah, she's great. Mm. And and she does incredibly atmospheric films. God, yeah. Often quite a little bit abstract, a little bit, um sort of slow paced and almost kind of dreamlike in a certain kind of way just a very like very methodically paced um and kind of uh, with a lot of like symbolism in the imagery a lot of a lot of jarring images as well mm. so things like um a, 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 well, I need to say about dreamlike sequences. I'm trying to think about spoiling things. In one of her films, a character is in a situation towards the end of the movie, doesn't know what to do, and puts a gun in his face and blows his head off all over this sort of uh, cafe, cafeteria. And then cuts a couple of seconds later and he's just been imagining it in his head. But it films it so vividly, like, mm. wait, wait, what? There's, and no, then, like, there's no like hazy weird dream sequence. No, no. It's like no, this is real. Yeah. Snaps in, snaps out, and the yeah. other, but it make it, but it puts you in the uh, in the character's perspective of that mm. disorientated. Like, I don't, I kind of need. I don't know what to do, but I need to get mm. out of this right now. I, I, I have no idea how to fix this. Yeah, I, w- I wanted someone who could make something very unsettling. Yeah, and I think that's a good call. Um, yeah, 
So returning cast, we have not got anyone. Oh. There's no there's no Ripley cameo. There's no oh, none of that. Not just doing nostalgia for nostalgia's sake, Tim. No. Nope. Mm. What kind of film producer are you? <laughs> not de aging Ripley. Although I have brought over some of the people from Prometheus. Mm. This is why I hinted at earlier yeah. with your interesting cast choices. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's dive. So let's, let's get, dive into the cast. Stuck in a while in there. Um, so I kind of broke them down as as I, as I was going through, both in terms of like how major their role is, but kind of relationships, just to hopefully because it's quite it's a reasonably large cast, and just to give it a clustering, a clustering, just to um, allow uh, you to kind of hopefully hold them all in your head mm-hmm. uh, so we have a kind of central family uh in the film is there a father there's a father Father and a mother a mother oh. and she's not a computer this time i was gonna say mother's computers and yeah. fathers in uh, resurrection yeah. <laughs> um so uh as dr ruth fulton we have charlie's theron ah. yeah. uh, as teddy hall mm-hmm. her husband we have idris elba ah. oh, good. okay um, and then playing their daughter, who is uh, Lucy Fulton Hall, is Amanda Stenberg, mm-hmm. who at this, she would have just been Rue in The Hunger Games. I was going to say, you wrote down this name in the cast, and I was like, I have never seen that name written down before in my life. Yep. <laughs> have you misspelt the word Amanda? What is this? <laughs> who is that? Oh, it's Rue from The Hunger Games. Yeah. Right, okay, I'm on yeah. board. Okay, yeah. this totally makes sense. Uh, and then there is a, a younger brother, <laughs> Isaac Fulton Hall, who, as I've written down here... Tim's favourite play- actor. ...is played by some six-year-old. Because, <laughs> like, kind of, who cares? Doesn't fucking there's matter. Not, there's not many notable six-year-olds. It's either a child actor now, who is literally still a child actor, yeah. or it's going to be... The aged Guy Pearce. <laughs> yeah. It's not like we're going to say, oh, it's a young Jacob Tremblay. It's like, yeah. no, it's just a kid. It's not all A-lister motherfuckers who go yeah. to be... Who is it? It's like the hot new thing of 2026. Mm. <laughs> but yeah. It'll be some really cool actor we've never even heard of yet. Yes. Yeah. Who was a kid actor we've still not heard of. Gary Busey. Jake, Bu- <laughs> Jake Busey? He's definitely not a kid anymore. <laughs> He's like 40 by now. He's than Jake, that. Jake Busey Jr. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we have a, a, a second kind of family unit. Uh... As August Mead, we have Peter Sarsgaard. He's a tricky one, Sarsgaard. I like him and I dislike him. There's some things I think he's fantastic mm, in. I Other things I'm like, what are you doing here? I just, <laughs> I still resent him being Green Lantern. I fucking hate Hector Hammond. That's such a weird, weird ass oh, film. Oh, <laughs> like, And this is just after like, the you know, Heath had just done the sort of Joker sort of thing. Yeah. Like, this is fucking embarrassing, man. Pick yourself <laughs> off the floor. <laughs> Uh, as Maggie Mead, we have uh, Jennifer Connolly. Mm. <laughs> I like this casting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, is this, I don't see that is as a it, couple. Is this Matt's first casting that Tim has secretly <laughs> tapped into? It's not I've far al- off. I've always fancied the fuck out of Connolly. But no, <laughs> it's because ultimately uh, Tim had an alternate idea and Connolly was input, I think, well, mm. okay, like 20 minutes before yeah, we started recording. Yeah. Oh. And Slight Connolly's shift. a great, great shout. Mm. Mm. Um, and then uh, as Matilda Mead, we have uh, Quinn Shepard, mm. who is a young actress. Uh, so she's she's about 18 in this. 
um, who is actually a young uh, actress and director, um, did a really interesting film a couple of years ago called mm. Blame. Um, and I first saw her in the Person of Interest TV series. She had like oh, a really good right, guest okay. role in that yeah. um, that kind of made me take notice of her. Um, so I think she'd be good in this. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have a pair of brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Owen Vanderman uh, is Will Poulter, who is... People know from Bandersnatch, do you think? Bandersnatch, where he's like the crazy game developer. Yeah, yeah. He's been known a... He's, he's, he's had a stuff. very diverse, like, meet them with the Millers, which where he's like yeah. a dumb kid. He's in Detroit, where he plays a racist cop. Yeah, uh, Son of Rambo is the kind of thing he first appeared in. He's great in that. The Maze Runner. Maze, the runner, maze runner. Every, runner. Every fucker's yeah. in the Maze Runner. He was in, I want to say, Prince Caspian. He's one of one of or the... Dawn Treader. Voyage yeah. of the Dawn Treader in, in one of the, the lion, Narnia. Narnia things. He's obnoxious, yeah. but he's one supposed to be... One of the lion be. Narnia thing. Uh, but yes, a good, a good young actor. He's great. He's yeah. great. good. Eyebrows um, are intense. Interesting face, yeah. 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 Uh, and then playing his older brother, Travis, is another good face uh, and another Prometheus alum. Oh, Prometheus alum. Uh, Rafe Spall. Oh. Prometheus think- survivor, should we <laughs> say. Do you think he puts his hand out towards uh, Will Poulter and says, Hey, baby, <laughs> hey, baby girl, oh, aren't you beautiful? And then Poulter bites Poulter him. goes... <laughs> <laughs> his face opens like up. Yeah he's, yeah, he's playing a very different character in this. <laughs> yeah, None I of that nonsense. Yeah. No glasses. Mm-hmm. We're not making him look like a nerd. <laughs> um, With a hood. Like. As uh, Captain Zoo, we have Andy Lau. Andy Lau's great. Who uh, is, is terrific. Yeah. He's great. <laughs> yeah. Established actor for a long period of time. People will know him... A lot of 90s and two, early 2000s kind of... Um... Yeah, uh, he was in uh, House of Flying Daggers. Yeah. He was in uh, Infernal Affairs, wasn't he? He was, I believe, yeah. Yeah. God of Gamblers is also really fucking good. He usually plays a good guy, mm. basically. he's If you have like a Chow Yun fat, like uh, um, sassy Han Solo kind of cop, mm. he's the other one. He's <laughs> the straight, the straight Yeah, Yeah. But that was a huge star. Mm. So yeah, we're we're just kind of in the general crew now. Yeah. Um. Again, another uh, Prometheus survivor crossover person, Sean Harris as uh, Shostak. Mm-hmm. Um. And then this this was a I messaged Matt <laughs> and was like, Hey Matt, I need a Bollywood actor, uh, <laughs> because uh, because I. I, I know a few, but I, it was it was in a period where like the people who I would go to, I was like, that person's too young or, or hasn't really kind of broken out yet. That yeah. person's too old kind of thing. Um, uh, so uh, Ramya Krishnan as mm-hmm. Dr. Mitra, who I'm reassured is a, is a good fit. And, She's and, great. And visually, certainly, I looked her up and I was like, yeah, that's exactly the energy yeah. I was going for. She's, I, I don't think she's necessarily Bollywood royalty, but goddamn, she's she's done a lot of really impressive films. And she, she hails, I believe, from the uh, sort of Telugu style of things, where, whereby, just so we know this, Bollywood isn't just a simple thing. It's mm-hmm. actually, because India's fucking huge, obviously. <laughs> and um, technically it's Tollywood, because it's Telugu is the language, which is part of East India, which is a different mm-hmm. thing. It's like, again, very uh, immediate, apologies but it's kind of like the difference between britain in the sense that scotland wales england are not the same thing and if you ask mm. like a, hey, there's of, a british accent right mm-hmm. Matt? <laughs> but that's kind of the thing with 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 indian cinema yeah. as well um there's north south east west kind of things and obviously lots of really different influence what people tend to think of most is punjabi especially with food spell they think mm. like the northwest kind of thing um but she's 
just so cool and intense <laughs> and and uh, has a real presence mm. and, and a commanding authority. And I think that's, yeah. So when Tim said, I need these very brief sort of things in the mm. character, and I said, what, she okay to be like in a, maybe like 40s at the time, mm. early 40s? And he said, yeah, it works. It's like, mm. good, they're done. She's fantastic, go with her. And she goes on to star in Matt's favourite film. <laughs> of Bahubali. Bahubali. <laughs> she plays the mum and she's fucking amazing. And then finally as a powder maker who's like a, a one of the security guys on the ship, mm-hmm. uh, Pasha Lichnikov, mm-hmm. who... If you don't know the name, you if you Google a picture, you'll be like, I've seen oh, him in a guy. He's yeah. he's that big angry Russian guy who I've seen mm-hmm. in a TV show. Um, yep. <laughs> okay, so all that said, let's get into the actual pitch. I'm ready. Let's do it, Tim. Take me away to a special place. I'll do the fingering. <laughs> Twenty eighty six. USCSS Demeter, a Wayland Utani colony ship, is approaching LV232. Oh, oh, a new <laughs> moon, planet, whatever you want to call it. A habitable and resource rich moon. Hey, there we go. The colonists largely consist of families who will establish mining bases and new communities on the moon. We follow Lucy Fulton Hall, a 13 year old girl, as she travels through the ship and returns to her family's cabin where her parents are having sex. Wow, Tim. So this might be our first sex scene in sequelizers? Yeah, maybe. I think, <laughs> it's, be- I think it's because prequelizers is what comes before. Yeah. <laughs> you know what comes before the chicken or the egg? Fucking! <laughs> yeah, so it's time to describe some real graphic sex for your little listeners. <laughs> How graphic is the sex? Deep and intense. I would imagine it would be... Some offside writing. It would be that kind of um, you don't you don't see a lot, but you feel like you see a lot. Interesting. Mm. She finds her six year old brother Isaac watching them quietly through the ajar door, like a fucking weirdo. <laughs> How's the peeping, Tommy? How's the peeping? <laughs> she realizes what's happening and loudly chastises him, causing her parents to notice both their children have returned. Scrambling to get dressed, her mother Ruth tries to explain to Isaac what he's just seen. Meanwhile, Lucy's father, Teddy, tells her that she needs to be more responsible for Isaac and sends her to go to the ship's kitchens to help prepare supper. Teddy and Ruth talk and it becomes clear Ruth is feeling cabin fever at having been cooped up on the ship for so long. Their family was among the few who didn't use cryosleep for the long journey due to a medical condition that Lucy has. They are among a skeleton crew of around 30 who will awaken the bulk of the colonists once the first structures have been built. In the kitchens, Lucy and an older girl, Matilda, discuss Lucy's parents, with Lucy calling them disgusting animals, and her her little brother a weirdo creeper. I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah. Matilda mocks Lucy, saying that she doesn't realise how good she has it, and soon she'll be begging her parents to unfreeze some of those colonist boys and girls so she can get all sweaty. Lucy blushes and returns to preparing food. Your film is filth, Tim. (laughs) Filth movie. Is she saying you don't know how good you have it because... uh, Parents are two of the best-looking people in the world. <laughs> yeah, but your parents are undeniably gorgeous. <laughs> Truths. Yeah, exactly. A few weeks later, the Demeter has reached LV-232 and is deploying the colonization landers. The Fulton Halls, Matilda and her parents, and a number of the other colonists descend to a site on the moon's southern continent. The group get to work establishing their colony, with Ruth, Matilda's father August, and geologist Shostak, oh, he's still a geologist, yes. yeah. good old Sean Harris and his <laughs> love of geology, 
using a rover to survey the landscape around them. They come across a clearly artificial structure, a series of organic-looking obelisks arranged in rings around a deeper borehole. <laughs> we don't use the term borehole enough. I appreciate you, Tim. August is excited about the discovery, but Ruth is hesitant and refuses to approach it too closely. Reason and logic in the characters. <laughs> mm. They're not just taking the helmets off and touching vagina. Sorry, <laughs> it's, it's hammer pants. No, it's the perfect thing of human trepidation, but also human fear. That evening, the colonists excitedly talk about the discovery of the structures and what they could mean. They transmit their recordings and data to Captain Zhu, who is aboard the Demeter, orbiting the planet. And he cites caution, saying that any further exploration should wait until the colony is established and more people are awake. Again, caution. Makes sense. Ah. However, August and a few others are keen to return to the obelisks to learn more. Zhu agrees to allowing external observation and measurement, but forbids anyone to go any closer. In their habitat, the Fulton Halls discuss the findings as they eat. Lucy is keen to know more about the obelisks, and probes her clearly uncomfortable mother with questions. The conversation is interrupted by Isaac spilling his drink over Lucy's tablet computer, and the two bicker until Isaac is carried off to bed. That night, Ruth dreams of the obelisks and her children. Did the dreams of her, are they like are her children morphing into the obelisk or they're like climbing them? They stood on top of them? What's it's that? all penises. What's wrong with all... you? <laughs> That's a giga. <laughs> um, I'm, just, I'm just picturing kind of one of those kind of shifting back and forth between mm. them. And being Ramsey, I can see that being quite mm. interesting. Time passes. How much time? Who knows? I'm like adding a, that bit. A clunky ding, 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 <laughs> exactly. ding, ding, ding. We see the initial colony grow, although no more colonists are awakened. Probes and measuring devices are set up around the obelisks, and the moon's atmosphere is confirmed to be stable and contaminant-free, leading the colonists to venture out without their helmets. Oh, no helmets, Satan. Interesting. <laughs> Lucy grows bored, spending more time with Matilda, who is also fascinated by the obelisks. They agree to sneak out and go visit them at night. What could possibly go wrong? A coven of witches! A covenant. Oh um, no, no. As Lucy leaves her habitat that night, she's caught by Isaac, who demands to know where she's going. She threatens to lock him out of the hab if he wakes her parents and departs, meeting up with Matilda and Owen Van Deman. <laughs> Van Deman. Keep saying Van Demon, so I'm gonna make Van Deman. Another young colonist. The trio heads to the obelisks and dare each other to get closer and closer to the hole at the center. God, so giga. Te teen teenagers do that, you know. Man. Uh, they just dare each other to get closer to the hole. I, I've seen the village. I've, I've creeped closer <laughs> to a couple of boreholes in my time. <laughs> Until Matilda and Owen grow bored and begin making out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lucy keeps getting closer to the borehole until she is right at the edge, staring into the darkness. There is a rushing, buzzing noise in the black. We cut back to Matilda and Owen, and their tryst is interrupted by a scream. Lucy runs into them, saying she felt something touch her but they calm her down and say she just got spooked in the darkness. Is it a hammer peed? Spoiler alert. It's Who a, knows? It's a man's peed. Oh. <laughs> the next morning, Ruth awakens to find Lucy curled up in bed and difficult to rouse. When she finally awakens, she's lethargic and irritable, and Ruth is worried she's under the weather, but is distracted by Isaac. Teenagers. In Lucy's lessons, she finds the classroom lights too bright and finds herself doodling strange symbols on her tablet. That night at dinner, she doesn't touch her food and snaps at Teddy when he encourages her to eat, letting out a guttural scream as she rushes to her room and slams the door. A bit of death metal in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
At the obelisk site, one of the structures activates and begins to pulse with light. Ooh, so again, but very briefly, back to the Alien 3.0 thing. Colonists, colonizing, no alien stuff. It's all very creepy. Shit's going off the chain. It doesn't feel like a thing we've seen before. Yeah, I'm proving so far. The next day, the colony is abuzz with activity. The probes at the obelisk site having registered the new activity. August, a physicist, has detected a strange radio wave emitting from the awakened obelisk, and the colonists await orders from Wayland yutani In the Fulton Hall hab, Lucy is panicking. She can hear a buzzing at the edge of her hearing, and one of her fingernails has broken down to the cuticle, oozing uh, white pus uh, from the wound. Uh, oh, oh that's real gross. Uh, she heads in the kitchen to drink some water, but vomits up a mixture of bile and dark blood. She retreats to her room, is followed by Isaac, who asks what's wrong. Filled with a mix of panic and rage, she lashes out. While the adults discuss what to do, Isaac arrives with a broken arm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> They're beating up the six-year-olds. Oh, no, I am. He just fell over. Um, Ruth and Teddy return to find Lucy's room trashed and her missing. They search for her, hampered by a storm which was hit at the colony. Eventually, Owen finds her outside, attempting to reach the obelisk site. He manages to calm her down, and they return to the colony, but he is injured when part of the colony is damaged during the storm. Dr. Mitra examines Lucy, but isn't able to find a reason behind her odd symptoms. Lucy's condition worsens, and she begins to act more strangely, jumping between rage and panic. She's quarantined by Dr. Mitra, but Ruth insists on staying in the room with her. In the night, Lucy says disturbing things to Ruth, including telling her that she'll kill Isaac. Jesus Christ, this is dark, Tim. She's sexy, but dark. She just whispers, I voted Trump. <laughs> and then pauses and says, I'd do it again. <laughs> the scariest of things you can I whisper. I all the spoons. <laughs> it's the worst thing you can say in quarantine. Captain Zoo tells the whole colony is to be quarantined, appropriate for mm. the times we live in, until they know what's happening. His transmission is interrupted as something enters the moon's atmosphere, causing power surges around the station. Lucy takes advantage of this to escape from the medical suite and lock Ruth inside it. She comes across Matilda and beats her savagely before fleeing the colony. Ruth manages to break free and attempts to follow her. At the alien site, a ship descends and docks on top of the ring of obelisks, like fucking Stargate. Yes, it is kind of Stargate-y. A group of the colonists head to the site as others try to establish contact with Captain Zoo, but the radios are flooded with static. Three engineers, oh, oh. some aliens have turned up, descend from the ship, and after appearing to discuss matters amongst themselves, attack the humans present. Fucking hell, okay, here we go. Yeah, with their mighty buns. <laughs> Three. Are they super, do they look the same as they did in Prometheus? Are so, they super jacked, tall, white dudes? So they are... So I, I called them engineers in this because I frankly, I always think Space Jockey is a stupid name. It is a stupid name. Um, but I would have them be, because if you watch, if you look at the Space Jockey corpse in the original, they are, it seems A, bigger and mm. B, more alien. Mm -hmm. um, so I would have them be closer it's to... It's a Space Jockey, not a... Elephant Man. Yeah, it's so the apparently if you like because I was kind of looking up like the the model and all the set building and of stuff course, like yeah. that. Apparently, it is kind of clearly there is a helmet arrangement going on there, so they yeah. are wearing some kind of even like, in the original, even in the original. Oh, interesting. Mm. Okay. Um, but as we'll see later on, they 
don't look as human as they even without the helmets on they Humanoid. don't look as, mm. they don't look as human as they do in a beta ray bill possibly or something a maybe like something man. like that yeah mm. i haven't really got a visual in mind that's for fair, exactly how i'd want them beta ray bill for listeners is thor but a horse alien yeah yeah that's all you need to know so moving on again mm-hmm. three of the colonists are killed as is one of the engineers before the skirmish is interrupted by lucy's arrival Upon seeing Lucy, the engineers cease fighting and the humans match them. The engineers approach Lucy, who seems terrified and confused, but also strangely comforted by the alien presence. As the humans look on, the engineers lay Lucy down on the ground and seem to scan her for something. Ruth arrives as the engineers seem to reach some conclusion and indicate that Lucy must be taken up into their ship. Despite their protestations, Ruth insists on accompanying them, while Teddy looks after Isaac and the other humans watch in awe. We follow Lucy and Ruth up into the ship with the engineers, where they lay her on a gigantic bed and begin to examine her in what seems like a mix of medical treatment and a religious ceremony. Lucy's veins begin to turn black as she makes an inhuman noise, I'm assuming the death metal growl again, (laughs) and something begins to writhe in her abdomen. We're getting some alien shit, ladies and gentlemen. That's some alien shit right there. (laughs) Mm. Down on the ground, August is finally able to relay what's happening to Captain Zoo, who opens up a series of documents marked... Wayland yutani Alpha Scenarios. On the alien ship, Ruth pleads with the engineers to help as Lucy cries out in pain. The pair of aliens appear to discuss something serious. Then one removes its armour, revealing a face more human-like than expected. But also, not just a big pale dude. <laughs> <laughs> Literally you, Tim. Tim's wording. <laughs> so first time I'm reading that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, just, uh, I'm reading this right? Yeah, okay. The other engineer holds a struggling Lucy down as the exposed alien holds itself close to her, chanting. The darkness in her veins coalesces over her stomach and the engineer thrusts his hand into it, Molaram style. Kaliba! Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom reference for those who don't know, which I don't think is any of our audience. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ruth screams as Lucy lets out a hellish bellow. We see something attach itself to the engineer's hand and it too yells in pain. Mm -hmm. It pulls its hand free, leaving uh, Lucy miraculously unharmed and staggers over to one side. We see something moving under the flesh of its arm and its skin starts to blacken and constrict. The other engineer approaches with a blade and plunges it into the chest of the infected one, killing it. But by blade, cool. I mean a big fuck off alien sword. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I read that and I was like, oh, you could read that as scalpel, I guess. No, fuck it's, no, no, it's no, a no. big thing. Oh, yeah. I, I pictured a big fucking yeah. ceremony, like Klingon style ceremonial, multi pronged, yeah. big fucking. A fast yeah. bender. Mm-hmm. Yes, a big alien, multi pronged <laughs> fast bender. <laughs> Ruth and Lucy, now restored to normal, embrace each other and begin to head for the exit of the craft. But the remaining engineer approaches and places its large, not too white or pale, hand <laughs> on Lucy's shoulder. That was my addition. <laughs> Ruth tries to understand what it wants, and it becomes clear that it expects Lucy to remain with them on the ship. Ruth struggles and attempts to take Lucy with her, but the engineer is too strong, and Ruth is flung from the ship, which begins to power up. Teddy, Isaac, and the other remaining colonists rush to Ruth's aid as she frantically explains what has happened. As Teddy rushes towards the ship, determined to rescue his daughter, a transmission from Captain Zoo arrives saying, I'm sorry, I have to cleanse this site. The engineer's ship rises from the surface and into the atmosphere as a kinetic missile is launched from the Demeter. 
Ruth, Teddy, and Isaac hold on to each other, watching the engineer ship disappear into space as a nuclear blast rips through the sky, destroying the colony and everyone there. Basically, what you should do is take off and nuke <laughs> it from orbit. <laughs> it's the only way to be sure. Nuke it from orbit. Yep. Aboard the engineer ship, we see the remaining alien lay its companion's body out on a funereal-looking slab as Lucy asks what it wants from her and what she is supposed to do now. The alien removes its helmet and crouches down, its expression a mix of disgust, anger, sorrow, and dismissal. That's it, a hell of a mixture. To be fair, though, we do see that in Prometheus quite well. Mm. Uh, when it looks at David, it's like, sort of like and goes through a few things. Mm -hmm. It places its helmet back on and leaves the chamber. Lucy sits on the floor, exhausted, not noticing when the engineer's corpse twitches and something starts to bloodily hatch forth from its chest. See, again, an alien prequel in not only the terms of the events, but mostly the fucking atmosphere. The sort of normal people doing normal shit. The, 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 the sexual nature of what goes on in the alien. Because let's face it, <laughs> alien's pure like... It's got creepy stuff, it's got sexy stuff. <laughs> Alien prequel. And it's also body horror fears of like yeah. all that stuff, as well as incorporating some of the the religious archetypal overtones of it. Because in, in, in Alien, this is the first alien species they've ever come across, it seems. In Aliens, it's the same thing, except for Arcturians, baby. When it's Arcturian, it doesn't matter. It's like, <laughs> wait, what are you talking about? Are these just humans? Like a race of... I don't know what this is. It just doesn't make any sense. Then three and four is the same sort of principle, just humans everywhere, and also that's basically the xenomorphs. Mm. Whereas here we have the engineers coming back again, mm. and I think that could be also because we see he's a space jockey and alien, mm. and that's like. But again, are they part of it? Are they not? Are they mm. in it? We don't really know what it is. Mm. Um, but this offers a nice sort of not an explanation. It's not that that's not what you're giving the audience. Mm. It seems to be very much just a case of here's another chapter in the story of Alien, which is always every single time bad shit happens. And Wayland is somehow responsible. Yeah. Wayland is always like a bunch of pricks. Pretty much. Yeah. I like the religious side of it. Obviously, you call it alien communion. You're mm -hmm. kind of expecting that. And as I said, that's something that could have been really interesting about the original Prometheus is exploring that side of it and having the engineers having a religious side to it. You said like uh, the, it's a mixture of medical kind of things and a religious ceremony. Mm -hmm. That's a really interesting way to kind of bring them in and make them a concept that isn't just like, I'm just going to kill David and punch Yutani and just murder him for no reason. Like, well, the, the prologue is one of those things where he comes in a robe and disrobes this nappy yeah. and, mm. and then sips from the bowl and has his DNA torn apart. You're like, oh, shit. And they kind of imply that Jesus was an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and then none of that happens or matters ever again and they never do any religious stuff it's all sciencey fancy let's mm -hmm. squidge the egg and mm. do the thing and blah 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 blah. yeah but there's loads of religious imagery in prometheus with the giant head and the whole like mm. all the eggs mm. and stuff and i really like you've got that kind of the obelisk and the fact they land on the obelisks is like is that a landing strip is that a religious thing stone it, it can be both mm. it's like yeah. bringing the mixture of their technology and their religion and having them both mixed together is a really cool thing that yeah it works really well one of the the kind of the the starting ideas i had because i was thinking about alien and aliens yes. and how they are both 
horror Nin- films. Ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. How they're both ninety-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and I wanted to make a film that was ninety-seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're both horror films, but they're very different. And yes, um, yes. you have uh, Alien as a very slow burn kind of a, 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 a creature feature, a haunted house. And a kind of the creeping horror. Yes, a kind, mm. almost kind of like a slasher thriller mm. in a mm. way, where it's like there's one of them, he's got aboard the ship, and then it's just trying to survive. And mm. then you have the kind of military horror, the war horror mm-hmm. of aliens. Where again, it's scary, but it's in very different ways. And basically, what I wanted, I was like, okay, what other kind of horror can I kind of make? alien fit yes and i was like i'm gonna do the exorcist except the priests are engineers basically oh, yeah. it's an interesting show yeah um and that idea kind of taking that idea from prometheus that there's it, this thing i didn't want to necessarily think of it as like a this is a, a bio weapon that they have that mm. they're perhaps planning to use and it was more that this is something that perhaps they've invented or discovered at some point and they're just like, oh, fuck, this is dangerous. And this site is like, we put it in a big hole for a reason. Mm-hmm. And now you fuckers have come along and dug up the hole Dug up the hole to a certain extent. Yes. Um, and this is them coming back to try and like, OK, what the fuck's happened here? Mm-hmm. And so their initial assumption is like, oh, these guys are trying to use it. Let's kill them. And then they're like, oh, well, no, OK, one of them's been infected. Mm-hmm. We'll take care of it. Yes. Um. But also with a very kind of alien approach to that. I remember making an analogy, I want to say, in the Jurassic Park episode about a bird getting in your house. Um, (laughs) An alien to me is a bird getting in your house. You're like, ah, 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 shit, shit, there's a bird in the house. And you know what's going to happen. And the bird's freaking out. You know, the bird's trying to kill you in this case. Mm. Aliens is like having a packet of chips and a bunch of seagulls find you. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Ah, bird, ah, fuck. And you're like, oh, no. Um, whereas your one seems to be in a very interesting way. Oh, I've gone into this uh, this greenhouse aviary sort of, of, aviary. <laughs> of, this, uh, of this zoo. And the zookeeper's like, don't go in there. I told you it's a science thing. Don't trespass. Yeah. And the birds are like being a bit, you know, terrifying and squawking. Also, I'm slowly turning into a bird. <laughs> and you've gone in there and turned into a bird because you've been bitten by one of them. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it does feel very much in line with the whole thing. I think it's 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 a right move to make, if I'm mm. honest. Also, it feels a bit like the director's cut of Aliens, where you do have the colony life and the mm. you know yeah. they try and ride off into the into the wilderness, as it were, and they think mm. it found something, and uh, Newt's freaking the fuck out about the whole incident. I, I think it's it, it, it fits the universe certainly quite well. Mm. So I guess the question is for me: Is this the ship? And the quote-unquote space jockey thing that we see in Alien. This then leads to that. Yes. So, the, my, so this all breaks out and then this ship goes horribly wrong and it crashes on, on LV-426. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Yes. I don't know whether they're necessary. I didn't realise that Prometheus was meant to be in, even in the same system is, as yeah. the Earth, which mm. is even dumber than yeah, just yeah, having it be so a different planet. They literally planet. missed it by like a few hundred miles, whatever <laughs> it is, or like a few thousand miles, sure. But it's the moon of the same planet. It's like That's fucking hell. So is it because God doesn't draw in straight lines? So f- <laughs> that fucking dialogue. <laughs> Fuck. um, As every every good line has got a stupid one right behind oh. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the idea is then this that... isn't a moon also of the same system, and they just go no. bloop and just hop off and no, exactly. It's that 
whatever hatches out of the engineer corpse then is either an alien, I assume. Is is either a queen alien that oh. then that then mm-hmm. kills because because that's the thing that's the tricky thing on the fucking uh the the space jockey ship that they find in Alien mm-hmm. because you have what looks like a, a space jockey that has had a chest burst to come out of it correct and then a bunch of eggs which implies that that's there the must be, there must be a queen somewhere on board but you never see that queen yeah so which again Aliens does perfectly well but literally mm. um Hudson saying like yeah some big mama bee like you know <laughs> she, she's like the queen it's like yeah because Alien doesn't act and this is the thing as much as it's like a spectacular it's almost a perfect film it is it doesn't actually answer a lot of questions no it which, says, is, which is fine yeah because yeah. they're not yeah. scientists they're not there they don't explore all the ship yeah Kane just falls in i'm all right i'm uh, i'm okay i'm yes. okay it's like well you're because you're not a scientist experiment mm. you're, just, you're just a dumbass yeah look around and then they panic and bring back to the ship they mm. don't look around for anything else it's like, uh, yeah. like find a human body in the case of what you know your mm. alien prequel for example um, or other survivors or other aliens at all. You mm. just see effectively a couple of rooms. Yeah. Whether that, you know, I mean, as it, as it seems to be implied in aliens, sort of, the alien look to the corridors, the Giger-esque sort of mm. in, in, a, in a spinal column working of each corridor, mm. seems to be the aliens terraforming their own way. Yeah, and there's like the 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 mist in the egg chamber yeah. that like reacts sort yeah. of all kinds um, of stuff. But it's not really and again, Alien doesn't need to do any of that no. stuff. It doesn't matter. Um, Aliens gives you some really solid answers to that, mm. which is great. Uh, like your one doesn't give us answers; it gives us just the same questions, mm. but expands on it. Mm. Which again, I guess a prequel is that all it should be doing? It's like mm. it's the breathe in before the exhalation. And again, it's like I don't. You don't ever see what it is that comes out of the hole. There's no like, oh, it's this is the black goo. It's just like something came out and infected her, which is more terrifying. Yeah, which, which yeah, exactly the reason I didn't show. It. It's like yeah. no, because it's more scary if you just get like a sound and the her looking mm. into the darkness. Um, and it's it is that tricky thing with a prequel is like some things lose stuff when you explain them mm-hmm. um, and you want to be able to make it an alien film without losing the mystery of the first one and yeah. or losing the the terror which is you know so much so important the sense of unknown mm. is so key to the horror so i it, it was important to me to like we're not just going to have a bunch more xenomorphs running around because mm. that undermines what comes later in the chronology yes um technically we don't actually see an alien in this no no mm-hmm. well which would probably yeah. which would probably until xenomorph piss off yes yeah, so my yes. apologies yes, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. the engineers are definitely aliens sorry yes my yes, yes a which, xenomorph. Would, which would probably piss people off and especially fuck as i've called it I was gonna say, yeah. alien yeah. communion fuck them yeah. um but yeah i kind of i was like mm, that in that way it's similar to prometheus like but prometheus is right to do that yeah the flaw with Prometheus is that it tries to have it both ways. Correct. Yes. That's yes. exactly what I was about to say. The the fact that we get the goblin shark monster at the end, it's mm. like, okay, 
So you're trying, mm, no, no, you can't mm -hmm. have both. Yeah. You can't not do it and then do it in the last four seconds and be like, see, mm. alien prequel, right, guys? Like, <laughs> the rest of the film fucking isn't. Mm. And you can't just have your cake and eat it too, motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. and, and going back to what you're saying about prequels and leaving unknowns and having that be scarier and stuff like that, a cardinal sin, and we, we've talked about cardinal sins of sequels before, mm. like retconning stuff and not carrying through the same character from the first film, even though it's the same character, they feel like a completely different person. I think one of the huge cardinal sins of prequels is that they answer questions that don't need to be answered. Yes. And Prometheus is the fucking pinnacle of that. Mm. I don't need to know where the xenomorphs come from. We get enough from aliens and all the other stuff. It's fine. I don't need to know the space jockey bloke is a giant pale white dude yeah. and all this bullshit. And this is definitely something we're going to come on to later in this season because mm. there's a couple of films <laughs> we've planned out already, listeners. Yeah. There oh, are definitely yeah. a couple of films in the rest of the season where I'm like, well, this didn't need to be answered. And I never had that question in the first place. So I yeah. don't know why you're talking about yeah. this. I don't know why you're asking this question. I think your answer to it is fucking dumb. It's, yeah. it's the Patton Oswald. Patton Oswald saying things like Darth Vader's so cool. He's like, oh, he's so badass. And George Lucas is like, you want to know what it was like beforehand? Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I'd love to. He was a little boy. <laughs> misses his mom. Well, that's shit. Yeah. <laughs> LC3PO. Yeah. Cool. What? What about the second What do you film? mean? What we got there? You mean like Boba Fett? Oh, I love, yes, amazing. With the jetpack and the helmet. And the, yeah, he's just a little boy. And <laughs> this is his dad. He's sad about his dad. It's like, uh, okay. Hey, George, did you, how, how's your, how, how's the situation at home? <laughs> and it's like, what about the, uh, the final one? You like the Death Star? Oh, fuck me. Now we're talking. Well, it's being built in the background. <laughs> and he's like, I don't boy. care about the things. He says, I don't care where the things I love come from. I just love the things I love. Mm. And that will be a thing we come back to so many oh, times. Yeah, because either the, they, um, the prequels in general will say things like, this is what these things are. And it's like, don't care. And the other thing- Have you ever wondered what this is? Yeah. No. Well, here it is in great mm -hmm. detail. I didn't, I didn't ask that didn't question. Care. I never even occurred to me. That was a, was that that was off screen in the room. Why are you even addressing this? Yeah. Nobody had that. Something that's a, a montage in a superhero film. Like, do you want to know why Spider Man wears red and blue? No. <laughs> well, when he was a boy, no. When he was a boy, his favorite thing was the sea, which is blue. What? <laughs> <laughs> which was blue. Y yeah, and he loves lobsters. <laughs> what? Lobsters come from That's the why sea. We call him and they're red. Lobster boy. I mean, Spider Man. <laughs> it's like this is fucking dumb. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like, do you like the the the, the Pat Oswalt thing to bring that to a close? Is do you like Angelina Jolie? She give you a big boner. Yeah, she does. Here's a picture of John Boyd's balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like, nope. This is not what I wanted. <laughs> And those words oh, will probably okay. be echoed through every single episode of much. Prequelizers. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So I've hopefully tried to avoid that. You have. I have I have one minor question. Go, go for it. Yeah. So only, for again, because I haven't got a lot to complain about, but this is a, a really nice pitch and it's visceral and cool and awesome and etc. However, mm -hmm. medical condition, which means they can't be in cryosleep. Yes. So I'm curious as to why that was included as such. Primarily because I assume without cryosleep, they age badly and they have to be 
some sort of... Is the speed of travel ever established in the it, alien universe? Tricky. Are they in hyperspace? Like, is it is it like Star Wars hyperjumping? Is it like... As far as... I think it's generation <coughs> ships or whatever, where they just travel it's really slowly that, for thousands of long, years? No. Like, yeah. But if, I think of all the things that she nails it down, Avatar, because that's apparently in the <laughs> universe for aliens. Um, it's it's a sort of couple of years kind of thing. So if mm. it's that kind of issue, where it's like, oh, it's a couple of years. It's like, oh, that yeah, that's, that's, that's... So, yeah, it was... One of those things where I was going through, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." So they're 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 on the colony ship, and they're you know they've got life, and I wanted to include some of that beforehand, as kind of before they get to the planet. Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh fuck!" They freeze a bunch of people in, <laughs> for the most part. Like the yeah. Marines are all frozen <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, and I so basically, yeah, I'm in that wiggle room where it's like, well, they never actually. I don't think they, as far as I could tell mm, from a little bit mm. of research. They never actually say how long it takes to get anywhere. Which is fine. There's no reason to actually so, give it a, a name number. Yeah. yeah, so I wanted to Yeah, have have um uh them not be frozen. Yeah. Um and it kind of um is is almost a nod towards the role that David plays, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. he's like the caretaker on the the ship while they take their time to get out there. No, it makes sense. Um, actually, I think Prometheus is probably the closest we get to getting like journey times because I think it's like 2088 when they leave and 2093 when they get there. So it's like okay, five yeah, years yeah. or something like that. But, Which again, depends on how far you're going and what you're doing. Exactly. You could be colonists coming from another colony. You're not from Earth. Exactly. Um, um, so yeah, so mm. it was it was a way to say kind of like, okay, no, these these few people are there to be awake and also to kind of mm. get the bare bones of the colony on the ground going sure. so that when they then start waking up like cities full of people it's not just you have someone who goes as a scouting party as it were exactly you didn't feel the need to make it about one guy who accidentally wakes up and then fantasizes over a woman <laughs> and then dooms her to <laughs> death just starts wanking over while she's in a pod yeah and then yeah. proposes to her and lies to her the whole time and oh wait no no passengers terrible film actually passengers interesting film uh but not Terrible explored as weird. the psychodrama that yes. it should be yeah um so no no i didn't <laughs> I, did, I didn't didn't feel any need to do that good um yeah it was originally there were a few more colonists a slightly different kind of uh, some of the family structures were slightly different and i was going to have a android as part uh, of them yeah because nice. there's no real android in this one yeah um or but, is there but Ooh. i there was going to be a whole subplot involving that but i i kind of couldn't quite get it to work and to fit in with and also it would have just made the whole pitch a lot longer yeah, yeah. um where yeah there was there was an android who was doing the kind of the typical like it wasn't quite as in like um it was it was a female android um and it wasn't as in depth as David basically being the main character sure. of the of of both Prometheus and Alien Covenant. Mm -hmm. um, it was more in line with the kind of Ash, kind of uh, Wayland Utani there enforcing the rules, which yeah, yeah, in yeah. the end kind of ended up going to Captain Zhu, who's still up on the the colony ship yeah, and, mm -hmm. and is therefore like distanced from the whole thing and is able to be like, mm, no, I've got this order to blow you all up and uh, i'll do it i'll do that yeah <laughs> hands could, off you could even make 
Dr. Mitra or Powder Maker and Android and just oh yeah have I mean them, like, yeah. I, th- I think the thing it, is it wouldn't matter in that sense of like yeah they could just mention it, does, it casually it doesn't like, necessarily need it I think I don't, yeah, I, no, yeah no, that's the thing no, is no. that if, if you're going to have an Android in there that has to be an element of the story like in Ash mm. in, in Alien Ash is the betrayer and then in Aliens you've got Bishop being the kind of like we're not all bad yeah and then in Resurrection I don't know. We're There's another one. There. <laughs> Alien 3.0. It's all different. There's a whole subsection. It's a great film. Um, <laughs> the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I like that it's not about that because you can, much in the same way that with the David stuff, you can get lost in like, mm. what story are you trying to tell here? Yeah, so I think and you I, focused I think, it quite well. I think <laughs> Ridley Scott, it seems like that is the story that he wants to tell. And it's a shame that he then feels the need to do that in the alien universe rather than yes it's almost like it's it would be great if there was another franchise or another film that ridley scott had worked on that was about like robots that look like humans and like (sighs) what that means from like a philosophical standpoint i robot kingdom of heaven yeah kingdom of heaven that's the one He was a robot all along. <laughs> hey, it's like what the boy it? is a robot. Baldwin the it's fourth. Called is robot it? boy cut or no is robot it, boy? I think cut. it's Baldwin the fourth, the the king, who's a, the leper who's got the metal face. The yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Robot takes it off and it's C three PO underneath. Yeah, but by oh, <laughs> Hello, I've got leprosy. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Is that Hannibal Lecter impression? Or? It's kind of. I don't know what it was. A little C3. bit. It was C three PO at Norton. Yeah. Any other questions? No, I think it's a good fix mm. for me personally. Yeah, 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 I agree. All about it. Audience? Enjoyed, cool. yeah. enjoyed some sexiness, enjoyed some religiousness. What more could you want? Body horror. Lots of body horror too. Yeah, yeah. yeah I look forward to think, hearing what everyone thinks of our first ever prequelizing attempt. Mm. Um, I'm interested to see how the rest of the season pans out because as me we've too. said, this is it's very it's different such a different challenge uh, and... Mm. Uh, it's like writing with your non-dominant hand, whether it's left or right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is, I get it. I know the formula, but it feels off. I've done yeah. that sometimes of like, I try and play guitar around the wrong way. I'm like, was not, oh, this is weird. I thought you were say something else entirely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I try and uh, sit on my hand for a little bit. And, uh, <laughs> I call it the stranger. <laughs> play guitar. Let's twang my banjo string, mm. if you know what I mean. <laughs> Cool, um, cool again, as not this is obviously for everybody, mm. but it is a Patreon pick, so hopefully Mike is happy with our fix. Yes, because at the end of he the loves day, a bit of sexy religious body horror, right, Mike? See, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we left that space for you to yell, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> <laughs> Into the void, exactly of the bum hole. <laughs> Sorry, the borehole. Ah, <laughs> the borehole. Um, but yeah, hopefully. Uh, you enjoyed that and mm. look forward to hearing your thoughts if you'd like to do your own picks later on mm. in a future season perhaps you can go to patreon.com slash sequelizers support us at the cinematic universe tier that's 50 dollars a month ladies and gentlemen it's quite hefty it's hefty but it's worth it because you get to choose a movie for us to do a fixing of mm. whether it's a mm. sequel or a prequel in the future Maybe we'll come back to prequelizers in the future. Who knows? When it comes back around to season seven, maybe you'll have some suggestions, some ideas for us mm-hmm. to fix some sequels. There's lots of tiers on Patreon. We understand not everybody can do $50 a month. That's, that's quite a lot of money. But there's everything down from 20 and 30 and 
10 and 5 and 1 and everything in between. Mm -hmm. Whether you want to be able to vote on a future episode, whether you want early access, bonus content, all the good stuff Mm -hmm. that is available on patreon.com slash sequelizers. We'd very much appreciate your support if you're able to. And we should say that at that $50 a month level, not only do you get to pick a film, but you are now one of our executive producers. So we need to say thank you to executive producers of Sequelizers. That is Jonathan Firth-Clark, Mike Salvia, and the wonderful Stuart Bain. Thank you very much, guys. We appreciate your support. Named on the fucking show. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And, of course, if you can't support us on Patreon, which we completely understand, um, we really appreciate if you can give the show a review or just tell your friends about it. Um, Mm, mm. That's a fantastic way, like... The best way for a podcast to grow is with organic recommendations because, you know, people trust what their friends say a mm. lot more than Word some, of mouth. Yeah. some algorithm having it pop up. Mm. Even if you're still in isolation and stuff, feel free to share it on social media. Mm-hmm. We've seen a lot of people kind of, we pop up occasionally in just random threads of like, hey guys, I'm I'm going on a long weekend or I'm, you know, in quarantine or whatever the fuck it is. So yeah. it's like, I need some podcast recommendations and then like a couple of them hey, I recommend Sequelizers. I'm like, oh, cool, people are recommending us. <laughs> it's. it's really nice. So, it is yeah. genuinely nice. If you think you have some friends who are perhaps not into podcasts and might be interested or are already into podcasts and you want to recommend them, mm. we're at Sequelizers on Twitter, same on Instagram, facebook.com slash Sequelizers. We're on your, all your social medias of choice. Feel free to at us and like us and follow us on all those good things on there. Matt. If you want to make a single payment to us, like Ooh. you can't do the Patreon monthly, we totally understand that. But you kind of want something and want something back, it's fine. We got you covered. You can go to our online store and purchase one of our fine, fine T-shirts. There'll be lots of merchandise coming soon, but that is one thing you can get, and um, it's uh, it's good stuff. Obviously, again, Patreons do get a specific tier where they get discount off such lovely things. Um, if you want to talk to me, however, Ooh. Personally, Ugh. to my face, uh, no hugger. Mm. You can go to at Stogs S T O G H Z on all the various social media platforms. Come talk to me I'm on the Discord as well. The Sequelizer Discord. It's free. You can come and talk to us. Uh, alternatively, you go to Cheesemint.com and see all the various things that I've made. Um, Super Kill Time is on there. It's being filmed. Tons of extra stuff, but because of obviously the world being a hellscape, it's kind of on hold. <laughs> and um, Tim and I are in that. Yeah. Matt directs it. Yeah. It's great. It's good. Um, also, you can go to theredrighthand.co.uk and see the reviews I've written for films while cinemas were still open in this country. Tim! I'm very straightforward. Uh, trivia underscore lad on Twitter is the best way to find all the stuff that I'm doing online, uh, which is usually just sequelizers and being in Matt's things. Uh, but occasionally other stuff uh and uh if not then i'll be chatting about comics and pop culture and memes and all that junk and uh yeah i'm also on the the discord so um that's that's turning into a really nice little community so come join us there and uh that's how you can reach me jackie boy hello tim jack matthew where can people find you on the internet um Good question. Uh, probably if you just whack the old JLW chambers <laughs> into your search engine of choice, you'll find my nudes. Skip past those. 
Scroll past those, it's fine. Don't tell. Does the scrolling take a while or is it quick? Oh, yeah, it's, it's a two or three minute scroll. Okay. I'm on a page six of Google Image, I believe, <laughs> and then you'll get to the clothed <laughs> images. But before that, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Yeah. Still JLW Chambers. I usually have my clothes on you, we're pleased to hear. Nobody wants to see that. And uh, yeah, I talk wrestling, video games, comics, bad prequels, bad sequels. And everything in between, pretty mm-hmm. much. So come and have a chat with us there. And yeah, to reiterate what you guys both said, I'm now kind of addicted to Discord because Discord is fantastic. <laughs> I had no idea what it was about a month ago. And then a couple of our listeners and a couple of our patrons are like, hey, get to Discord. It's great. And we've built an amazing little community. And we've got different channels to talk about different subjects. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm having a lot of fun discussing the world with with listeners. And, and they all seem like really nice, cool people. It's a cool connection. Yeah. It's like if you put your face in an egg oh. and then it hatches and <laughs> latches onto your skin and starts pumping into your throat and then it dies on you and you wake up and think, oh, I'm actually okay. I'm not too bad. And then you go for dinner and you start quelling and you explode. You know. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much like that. Something like that. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Along those sort of lines. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we hope you enjoyed this first venture into the world of prequelizing. And stay tuned because we have plenty more got crappy prequels. Eleven more of these motherfuckers for we the got rest some of the season. Big fucking names. We got some big franchise shit. If you can think of a bad prequel, we got you covered. Uh, we're, on, we're on it. Not that one. The one <laughs> you're thinking right now. Not that one. We'll get to that's, it. Don't that, worry. That's different. We'll, 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 hmm. we'll get there. Yeah. But until then. We'll see you next week, listeners. I don't remember the fucking flute. Thank you for the. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) There it is. Summon the dragon sword.